This is Review and Preview on WCWPSports.org. Good evening and welcome to Review and Preview, folks. I am your host, Tom Scavetta. Join alongside Chris Klimazewski and Mike Dogs. Mike, welcome back. It's good to be back. As if you don't know, Mike took an excursion to Virginia last week. Uh, he actually left mid-show. Mike, how was that? Uh, how was that drive down? Oh, it was terrible, but uh, <laughs> trip was fun. So you know, at least I made up for it. Yeah, for sure. Chris, and welcome back from Connecticut as well. Thank you. Glad to be back. <laughs> Connecticut Glad was uh, back. fun that last weekend. So sure was. <laughs> I was up there with you guys and. Uh, a quick rundown on what we're going to do tonight. We're going to talk some college football. We're going to review and preview the week that was and the week that is to come in NFL. Then we're going to talk some New York Jets football. We're going to get to our team of the week. And obviously we'll sprinkle in our locks and our upsets somewhere. We'll go over ours from last week as well. Uh, we'll talk about the New York Giants, but that discussion may be a little lesser without our co-host Kyle Russo tonight. Uh, we'll see if he'll give us a call and then... Block F will be the NBA. Um, in other news, quick here, Joe Maurer has re- has retired from baseball. Chris Johnson has retired from the NFL at the age of 33 after being cut by the Cardinals in September of 2017. Thoughts on these two professional athletes re- retiring? Uh, with Joe Maurer, I always thought of him as like a Minnesota David Wright, like a hometown hero, injury-prone, like you know, what could have been if he never got all those injuries, but very solid career. Now, Chris, uh, you obviously grew up watching both these players as well. Uh, obviously, Chris Johnson was, uh, he won the rushing title back in 2009, uh, just nine years ago, and now gone. You know, Chris Johnson was a player who who's one of a kind. You're not going to see someone like Chris Johnson too often. I mean, especially when he came onto the scene, it was him and Adrian Peterson with the top dogs in the league at running back. And then to come so close to that, uh, breaking the well, the rushing the rushing yards record in a season, yeah. he had to, he got the CJ uh, he got the nickname CJ Two K for a reason, and he was phenomenal in his career, and he de- he'll definitely be missed. Now, we're gonna start the show off tonight, like I said, with some college football guys. Ten. Ranked teams lost. There's only 25 ranked teams. Almost half the field lost. 40%. I like that. I don't like the probability odds of that happening, but it happened. Um, let's start out with Alabama shutting out LSU 29 uh, nothing. A disgrace of a game, I've got to say. Um, ew, as Mike would say. Um, <laughs> uh, but Tua did throw his first interception of the season last week. He now has 27 touchdowns and one interception. And he's a very humble guy as well. Uh, part of the reason why Jalen Hurts has been forced to the bench where uh, transfer thoughts got to be looming. And if you're Tua, bravo. You oh, yeah. just shut out the third or fourth ranked team in the nation. Yeah, they were the third ranked team going into that game. Yeah, and he shut him out in that game, 25 for 42, two, almost 300 yards, two and two touchdowns and the interception, yeah. plus uh, a huge rushing touchdown as well, too. I mean, this kid's, for, this kid's the real deal. He is. He's something else. This Alabama team is something else. 
especially you go into Death Valley, LSU, shut them out, quiet them, no points on the board. That's something special for a team. It's so hard to do that for LSU, and they and Alabama did that cleanly, putting up twenty nine points. So just so good. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. Um, LSU drops down to number seven in the rankings, and guys, Bama had five hundred seventy six yards of offense. Speechless, huh? Just, uh, just it just it's just funny that no matter how, what what year it is, they continue to be this good. I mean. You see some teams like Florida, Ohio State, LSU have bad years every now and again. But Alabama, it seems like they're good every single they year. They never have it's, a bad year. Exactly. Yeah, I'm waiting on that Ohio State bad year, but, you know, keep going. Wow. When has Ohio State had a bad year? Last year. That's a bad year? Losing two games is a bad year? I mean, you Notre had a bad fans. loss this year. Well, that's what I mean. Like, but, fans. like, no, but that's what I'm right. that's what I'm talking about. Like, you know they're always in the crux of the top two. You know, they're never they're never outside literally the top three ever. When was the last time you guys can even think of Alabama being outside the top three? Two years ago. I can't I can't think of a time. Actually, last year they remember they dropped to five at one point. Oh yeah, but still, were you the host of a show and brought that up? Probably. I mean that's probably why that show. Is right. that, that's why that show doesn't run anymore. But um, <laughs> a lot of the jokes. <laughs> But no, yeah, but they're uh, always, they're always there. Thank they're, you for watching. <laughs> if it's not the top two, it's the top five. They're within the top five constantly, yes, yeah. all the time. Yeah, they're definitely the best college football program. Yeah, oh, hands down. Yeah, it's not even close. There, there's no, there's no doubt crazy. about it. There's no doubt about it. And just to go into Death Valley LSU and put, put a – and for LSU to put a big, fat bagel. That game? Oh, oh, LSU I like had, that term. <laughs> LSU had no shot to win that game. From the opening kick, uh, kickoff, you no know, shot. I really thought they might have even just put up a fight, just because it was home field advantage. You know, yeah. it's LSU, and the crowd was going crazy there. Oh, but so to go put to put zero points up on the board as the home team, a donut, exactly. And, you, know, you, and you were the third team in the nation. In a conference it's like, game. It's not yeah, like it's you. Bad. Yeah, it's yeah. It's a conference <laughs> game. You're the home team. You're ranked the third team in the nation. It's not like you were ranked like 15 and higher. You're ranked right. number three. Well, you know what this loss does? It puts Georgia right back into the mix. Oh yeah, it especially puts them right they, back into the mix. Especially after they clinched the SEC East, right or West? One of those. Yeah, yeah. And after beating Kentucky, Michigan can easily lose. Notre Dame is without their starting quarterback, and Clemson has to play Boston College this weekend, who's now ranked seventeenth. Wow. Somehow. BC. So, and we'll Not get wrong. to those games in just a moment. But bottom line is they were dominant. Let's get to Michigan here. Michigan obliterates Penn State, forty-two to seven. They now jump to number four. Penn State obviously drops to number twenty. They're long out of the discussion now. Sorry, Tanner, if you're watching. Um, <laughs> but if you're Michigan, are they pretenders or contenders? Well, Mike, you're the Big Ten fanatic, so you want to take this, or I mean, and be I realistically, don't, here. I don't like their offense enough. I mean, yeah, they had forty-two points, but I believe they had. I know they had at least one defensive touchdown, but they don't put up enough points to me, honestly. They really don't. And that's going to be a problem when you face, like, an Alabama or something like that when they could score at will and D up just as good as Michigan. Well, the bridge from Alabama to Clemson and then everyone else is very substantial. It's it's pretty big, I think. I maybe not Clemson, but after that. 
I, yeah, I was gonna say Clemson is gonna be a little. If I, mean, you, I feel like seventy-seven. I feel points. like, and I'm, like I said, I mean, I think Notre Dame has a good chance to, that could be Clemson, Michigan, defense, yeah. Georgia, Oklahoma, and LSU. I think they could all be Clemson. All those teams, just because I'm, um, I like Phil Lawrence. I think he's gonna be the next big thing, but he's still a true freshman. You know, he's this is his first year, and he's only had a couple of games under his belt. So, yeah. I'm not sold when it comes time to play the big game. Like when it comes down to play the the Peach Bowl or the whatever bowl that we're playing the in Peach the, Bowl, <laughs> yeah, whatever it is. Yeah, I don't think that he'll he'll have it get it done. Granted, that Clemson defense is um, rock solid. Right, crazy D line, crazy as D-line. they always have. Now I, I've got to say one thing: in this game, the Penn State Michigan game we were just talking about, guys, Tracy McSorley, Trace McSorley, five of 13, 83 yards. And an interception. Not you're good. A, you're a senior. Weren't they the home team, Penn State? Yeah. Uh, Mike, were I, they the I'm home team? I'm positive they were the home team in this game. I would think so, is my The answer is yes. Actually, hold on. Oh, maybe not. Nope, that was the game against Iowa. We're scrolling down here. Week I 10, mean, Penn way, State. 5 of 13. Something tells me no, they, they were on home. the road. Michigan yeah, was home. Yeah, something told me they, they were on the road last second there. So, yeah. But still, that that's just embarrassing. I'm sorry, you're yeah. a senior. You you can't you can't do that. You yeah. just can't do and it. And Trace McSwarley isn't a bad quarterback. He's, he's good. He's no. very he's a very good quarterback. He's probably going to be one of the top five six quarterbacks going into this year's draft. Yeah, I'm not a McSwarley guy. I, I no, he, he I, you know me what? Of I'm, great name. Well, if you look great at who's name. coming out, because you know that Herbert is probably not coming out. So who's the best quarterback coming out? Will Greer. Quite frankly, yeah, probably it's Will Greer, and that's not saying anything too either. Like this is a bad. I mean, we'll get into it later when we talk about NFL. I bet. Oh, we but, will. But this is not a good QB year for uh, draft class. I think yeah, the top three quarterbacks going into this draft class are. Um, I'm going to count Herbert just in case he does. Him, Greer, Greer. and then it's I think Shea Patterson. Think I think or, Shea Patterson or Drew or Drew Locke. Yeah, the dude from is that the guy from Duke? I think he's from Washington. The Drew Lock, yeah, no, yeah, Wa- Mike, no, Lock, no, Drew Mike, Lock. You got to know this stuff. You, <laughs> you pick them in your final four. No, Drew, no, oh. that's not Drew Lock. Uh, that's no. Browning at Washington. Okay, Lock, I don't know right. where Lock is, but apparently some kid from Duke is supposed to be. So I mean, just throw that out the window. Drew Lock <laughs> plays for uh, Missouri. Missouri, I heard about him. Yeah, but again, these it's not six four. Yeah, but it's it's oh. nothing like last year's draft class when you literally had Rosen, Darnold. Mayfield. Well, if Herbert was added to it, I, I I think you can make the argument that it might potentially be better. Ooh, that's a hot take. Really? I mean, that's something that was brought up last week with Kyle Russo and myself. We were talking about it, and I'm not sure if it was Kyle, actually, but it was somebody I was talking to last week. We're like, Herbert and Greer are unreal. Besides Sam Darnold, like, who was really NFL-ready out of those guys. I mean, there was rumors Rosen was the most NFL ready at one time, and we see how wrong His team is so that bad was. Too. Um, Josh Allen obviously has been hurt. Uh, Baker Mayfield has been doing a decent job with Cleveland, considering the circumstances. Um, but other games we got to talk about here, Ohio State barely gets by barely. Nebraska, quote-unquote, 36-31. Um, there, there was never a doubt. Look, I mean, do you think a win against Michigan in the Big Ten final can put them in the top four? Yes. Well, they're three net. It's tough. I think. <sighs> I think tough. if they beat Michigan State this weekend, they're which they have, they're three and a half point up. favorites. So yeah. They're gonna beat them up. Take so them, take I, them, they'll please. move up a couple spots from that. So I think they'll move up to 
like, like I mean, I'll, I'll say I'll say like to eight or something like that to eight or seven, and then yeah, if they can beat Michigan in the conference t- in the title match, not gonna be a title match, it's just a regular match. But you know what I mean. You know what I mean. But though. then you also have to hope that Alabama beats whoever they play in the SEC championship game, whether it's Georgia. You know, you still gotta you still gotta keep in mind, guys. They gotta jump West Virginia, Georgia, LSU, Oklahoma, Washington State. Yeah. Washington State is now ranked eighth. Process that. I, I said for a this second. last week. I never in the world would have thought I would have seen our rankings with Syracuse, Washington State, North Carolina State, and Fresno State all in the top twenty-five. I never I, thought I would ever see it. Can I be completely honest here for a second? Yes. And I, Kentucky. I, I'm pretty sure <laughs> the only athlete that I know that went to Washington State was Aaron Baines, and he's in the NBA. Wow. <laughs> I yeah, I I couldn't I couldn't tell you anyone who went to Washington State. Let's be real here. Like it, it's not a school you think of when you think college football, and they're in the top ten. No, and that's like so a lot. props to them. It's even the 20, top twenty-five in general. I don't. Yeah. I don't think Kentucky. I don't think Cuse. I don't think NC State. Fresno State. No. It's all these yeah. teams. Even Boston College. Boston College finally got back into the top twenty-five. We can come to this conclusion this week. Whoever loses the Ohio State Michigan game, uh, Michigan State. I mean, I mean, realistically, Michigan State was out anyway. Out yeah, anyway. they're not getting in. So Ohio losses, State yeah. loses, they're done. You can stick a fork in them. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I guess. Yeah. I it's guess. not. Yeah, I guess it, it is, wouldn't yeah. be easy for it Mike is, to yeah. do. Uh, but anyway, it's not Georgia. Happen, so. Beats number nine, Kentucky. Kentucky was surprisingly in the top ten last week. They're done now. Uh, Holyfield was incredible on the ground, and so was Swift. Georgia had two guys run for over 115 yards. Swift had 156 and two touchdowns on 16 touches. And then, and then you had Holyfield, 18 for 115 to one touchdown. You add those two guys and the rest of their rushing yards, guys, Georgia outrushed Kentucky 331 to 84. You know, we're all about the fun facts over here. But um we sure are. Yeah, but Georgia produces running backs. Off their running game. They're Todd very Gurley. good. And yeah, twenty percent of the starting running backs in the NFL are from Georgia. Or something like that. Some number like that to that effect. Because you have Gurley, Nick Chubb now, Sony Michelle, um who I can't think who are the other two Mike, do you know who the other two are? This is your thought. So I, I know, know it's my thought. I'm a bad guy. Um, <laughs> why can't I think of the other? Anyway, but it's twenty. It's twenty percent of the NFL starting running oh, backs. Oh, Herschel from... Walker. Yeah. There we go. We solved it. Uh, Barry Sanders, former Giants. <laughs> no, but yeah, it's twenty percent of the running. So I'm not surprised that they do have this running back talent in DeAndre Swift and Elijah Holyfield. Yeah. I mean, you look, A.J. Green went to Georgia. Justin Houston. There's a lot of good guys that went to Georgia. Rashad Jones. Matthew Stafford, Matt Stafford yeah. <laughs> Blair Walsh, Ben Ben Watson, like they produce a lot of you know, a lot of guys, not just at the running back position, but Big time program that is what they're known for. Um, okay, so the other game we got to talk about: West Virginia going for two late, a phenomenal comeback victory by Will Greer and the Mountaineers to stay alive in the playoff race by the skin of their teeth, um, guys. This stat may blow everyone out of the water. Do it. West Virginia and Texas combined for 1,100 yards of offense. Oof. Wow. The exact final, I'm pretty sure West Virginia had about 587, 
and then Texas had over 500 as well. The exact amount was 1,098. They missed wow. 1,100 by two yards. That's incredible. That's the most Big 12 game I've ever heard in my life. For sure. Oh, yeah. <laughs> For sure. Uh, West Virginia moved up to number seven in the AP poll, but they ranked number ninth in the college football playoff. Um, another ranked team that lost, Utah. They were lurking around the 12 to 15 range, and they got upset by Arizona State University, 38 to 20. The Sun Devils were home. You know how I know that? A uh, former intern who was on your show last year had it on his Snapchat. Evan? Yes. Goes to Arizona State. Wow. Chris, where have you been? I don't know, man. Dude, you, don't know, you don't know Evan goes to Arizona State, dude? Of course he's <laughs> The only thing I know about Arizona State is that uh, Herm Edwards coaches there. That's it. That's the only thing I know Chris, about Chris, I'm going to look at you when I say this. Evan Masters goes to Arizona State University. He's a lucky man. <laughs> Very lucky man. It's um, pretty far. I don't know. The other game we got to talk about, Notre Dame beats Northwestern 31-21. Notre Dame jumped ahead early. Northwestern scored a couple of touchdowns late in this game, but Notre Dame survives. Ian Book suffered a rib injury, though. I don't think we know the extent of this injury, but what we do know is that he will miss Saturday's game against Florida State. Uh-oh. Yeah, that is uh-oh because that is uh-oh. This dude, Ian Book, has carried us all season, literally. We saw Brandon Wimbush for the first couple of games of the season. and He was awful. He's a turnover it, Yeah, he was awful. It was terrible. We were the, Teams like Ball State and Vanderbilt were one scores away from beating Notre Dame. Then yeah. Ian, Ian Book takes over, and he just mows over every team who he faced. Wimbush had a completion percentage of 55%, and for college football, that's that's not good. And for, and, and not good. for Notre Dame fans, this everyone they should be nervous. Notre Dame fans should be Find very nervous. Find the panic button and press it. Look, Season's we over. sputtered in Week 2 against Ball State with a scoreless fourth quarter, and then we basically got flatlined against Vanderbilt. Exactly. With six second-half points. They, they can't finish games with Wimbush, and... You're comparing Ball State and Vanderbilt to Florida State. I don't care how good or how bad of a year the Seminoles are having. A lot of people are going to be doing this in the stands regardless if it's at South Bend or not because you know Wimbush is going to have at least two to three turnovers. I was going to say, but it is a good thing, though, that these next two games for Notre Dame are home. They're home games against Florida State and Cuse. These are going to be some very, very tough games for Notre Dame to manage, and these are going to be the games – they're going to decide whether Notre Dame actually makes the college football uh, Final Four. Well, according to Eric Hansen, this just in eight hours ago, um, Book's injury not expected to linger past Saturday. So That's he fine, should then. be back next week for Syracuse. Uh, I'm assuming it's Florida State, it's Syracuse, and then it's USC. Yes, right? and it's, then, away, it's away at USC. Ooh. Which, again, these are three tough games. Yeah, um, even, yeah even though Florida State and uh, USC aren't ranked this if year. If Notre Dame wins these three games... They deserve to be in the college football playoff. Absolutely. For sure. I think so. All you need is a spot. It doesn't matter where you're placed. I mean, unless you don't want to play Alabama. But re- realistically, you got to worry about getting in. You can't worry about who you're playing. I know Mike that, had a, a dis- face of disgust well, on I that. I like because conference he, teams being in. I, I know, don't like this he, independent stuff. I think you should be in hey, your conference championship Hey, man, I, I agree with you. We, the Notre Dame should be in the S- ACC. But so, I mean, that'd be cool. Let's, uh, <laughs> I'm in. let's preview some of the games tonight. Number 13, Syracuse Orange, takes on Louisville. I repeat, number 13, Syracuse. And we're not talking college basketball. No, we're not. We're talking college football and the ACC conference. What do you think about that? 
they're playing right now, and it is. Oh yeah, it's zero zero. I had zero. the game on. Well, yeah. my 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 thing Bet is this: it. can you officially cross Syracuse off the college football playoff board? I don't think you can. Um, they have opportunities coming up. They do, but it's going to be an uphill battle, of course. But yeah, it's a huge uphill battle for them, and they. I'm trying to look at who they, who else they have to play for the rest of the. They're in the ACC, right? They're in the ACC, yeah. so. Oh. They already lost to Clemson, so they would uh, they would have to win out these games. They would have to Is be there a chance they could be in the ACC title game. I don't know the because way. they did lose to Clemson. So that's one ACC loss. And they're behind Boston College in the standings right now. Right, it, it might be a Syracuse Boston College ACC final. That would be something. Well, there's two different. There's two different. Uh, can you count out Boston College? I think you can because I think they have they one have, loss. They, they have only one have one. They losses. have no. They have two losses, but they have one conference loss. Okay. So that's yeah, but huge. still, if we're talking about the college football playoff, then that's going to be tough to overcome. Yeah. So the games this weekend, we have uh, Wake Forest already upset number 14 NC State, so that's another ranked team to lose. That happened last night. Number 10 Ohio State and number 18 Michigan State. Wisconsin will be on the road against Penn State, who is now number 20. This is probably going to be Alabama's toughest game of the season. Uh, number 16 Mississippi State against Alabama in Bama. Despite the LSU game last week, Mississippi State, they're not going to get blown out. They watched the tape of LSU last week. It's nearly impossible to do two weeks in a row on any professional sport. They're not going to get blown out. And I think they're going to be somewhat competitive, maybe for a quarter, quarter and a half. Um, What else do we got? We have number 24, Auburn, at number 5, Georgia. Auburn has a huge opportunity to spoil Georgia's playoff chances. Let's go Auburn. Because Auburn has had a down season. They have three losses, but, um, you know, this is a team you can't write off um, the Auburn Tigers. You can't. They can ruin the Bulldogs' chances. But this game is in Georgia, so I expect Georgia Georgia, to win. And upset alert, out of all the four teams in the college football playoff, Right now, the team that is most likely to lose this week, believe it or not, is Clemson. Percentage-wise, because they are on the road against a ranked team. Alabama is at home against a ranked team. Notre Dame is at home against Florida State. I believe, does Michigan have an open week? Not too sure. I'm pretty sure. I'll let you know in three seconds. They are playing Rutgers. <laughs> they are playing Rutgers. Oh, yeah, they're on the road against Rutgers, but that's an automatic win, just about. Automatic. And then they have uh, Clemson at Boston College. I'm sorry. You're going up and playing in northeastern Massachusetts? That's a tough place to play. So Clemson has their hands full, especially after a blowout win where they scored 77 points. This is going to be a much different game from last week. All right. So speaking of college football, a lot of these athletes we talk about will transition to the next level next year. Maybe not Justin Herbert, but the NFL. So, on that note, we got to talk about last night's game and last week's games in football. And what better way to talk about it is um, last night Pittsburgh beats Carolina fifty-two to twenty-one. I was watching this game at um, the pub on campus at uh, Reds with a couple of friends of mine and. We walked down at 30 points, 40 points. Pittsburgh was blowing them out. They've been one of the hottest teams in football the last four to five weeks. The defense is playing good as well. They are. Uh, they have guys like TJ Watt's been incredible. Stephon, too. I mean, they have so many guys. 
And you think without Ryan Shazier, potentially forever, you know, yeah. this defense is not bad at all. I think it's very underrated. It's not great, but um, Cam Newton really struggled last night. But the main story is Big Ben, did he have the 158-3? I think he did. He had the perfect passer rating last night. He only I had three say. incompletions. Though. Yeah, he had three. He had, he went twenty-two for twenty-five, three hundred plus yards and uh, three touchdowns. Five touchdowns. Five touchdowns. Um, Juju had one. Antonio Brown had one. Vance McDonald had one. So you see, they're spreading the wealth around. Mm-hmm. The only concern in this game, obviously, James Conner had a fantastic. Well, it wasn't so fantastic when he got hurt, and he is now in the concussion protocol. Which this is kind of ironic, guys. That Connor got hurt because Bell comes back next week. Yeah, I know. That's what I said. It was just like, uh, no, I, I, how like, convenient. Can was... can they not have both running backs at once? If they do, then Ro- Roethlisberger will never have to throw for five touchdowns again. You know what I'm saying? So, I don't know. Hopefully Connor's okay. Because right now, if I'm completely honest, if I'm Pittsburgh, I don't want Le'Veon Bell. You've been completely fine and content with James Conner running behind David DeCastro in that offensive line. That's course, just me. Um, you heard all these offensive linemen come at uh, Le'Veon Bell. I mean, you got to think at that point, chemistry. Alejandro Villanueva. I mean, yeah. these offensive linemen, they, they don't want him. And the chemistry in the locker room. Will Bell be welcomed back? I don't think by so. By the Steelers team? Definitely not at first. Chris? Yeah, not at, yeah, I don't think not at first, like Mike just said. Because... Why would why would they welcome welcome him back? Yeah. Because he's he held out. He was selfish for his own reasons, but he was not. He didn't help this team out. James Conner was has been the workhorse of this team all season. Yeah. And he's been proving, and he's been filling in Bell's shoes immensely. He has. So honestly, I don't think they need Bell. But if Conner's out, they'll need Bell. If that makes any sense. Right. Well, all these big running backs are coming back now. I mean, you got Leonard Fournette on track to play Sunday for the Jaguars, um, and now you have Le'Veon Bell, who obviously was not hurt, but um, the holdout and all this garbage. Um, but while we have a minute, we are going to remind you all on Facebook Live that we are broadcasting this show on mywcwp.org, and you can call in with questions related to our segment at our call number 516-299-2030. And a quick shout-out to our Facebook Live viewers. Now, before we get to our first break of the evening, let's talk about some other breaking news before we dive any further into our NFL segment. Uh, the Saints signed Des Bryant this week, and it is now feared that he tore his Achilles in practice. You hate to see it. I mean, uh, what a, I'd love to see it. <laughs> Not uh, Look, I hate to see an injury upon any player, but, I mean, Des Bryant has always been a big rival to the Giants, and he just he has a mouth. And he wanted to play for the Giants. The Giants obviously didn't want him. Who would want Des Bryant? And the Saints. Look, my thing is this. <laughs> this kind of makes sense because he hasn't played all season. Do, do you think he's been working out? No. Because it's me, me, me. I want this contract, this and that. And when, you know, you don't consistently work out sometimes and you don't stay in shape, these things happen. These injuries happen. Not surprised at all. And, I mean, what – he's such an unlikable guy. So, I am – his Twitter – he has one of the worst, most annoying Twitter accounts in the world. So – You follow him? Of course I follow him. (laughs) This was was his chance to win a Super Bowl. And Yeah, and honestly, his career is over now. 
he barely got a contract without an Achilles tear. Now you tear your Achilles, he's done. He'll never yeah. get another contract. We'll talk about the Saints and more of the NFC and the AFC in just a few moments. We're going to step aside for a quick break. When we come back, it's more NFL football and some Jets talk. You're listening to Review and Preview here on mywcwp.org. Now back to Review and Preview on wcwpsports.org. Good evening and welcome back to Review and Preview, folks. I am your host, Tom Scavetta. Join alongside Chris Klimazewski to my left, Mike Dawes to my right. While we have a moment, let's acknowledge our Facebook Live comments. Griffin Ward, hot take, Notre Dame gets snubbed. Uh, I love it. That's a typical uh, typical Griffin Ward comment, no? I I, I like like that comment. I think it's well-educated, well-put-together. Boston College winning the national championship. Is that that by Griffin, too? Yes. yes. That that one's tough. Can't get behind that one. Ew. (laughs) Boston College at number 17. I don't know. That would be that'd be something. We'll see. We'll see. Well, Griffin, since you are watching now, um, I don't think Notre Dame is going to get snubbed if they win these last three games. I think they have a legit shot. They're favorites in all three. Um, let's see. Back to football. Um, we'll go over our picks from last week, and I've got to say, there were some very interesting games around the NFL last week. Um, there were no longer any undefeated teams. And Week 9 was very interesting. Um, obviously, there were a lot of teams on a bye, including the New York football giants. Uh, it all started with uh, in Week 9. It was Nick Mullins getting his first career start for the 49ers. Uh, three touchdown passes, a passer rating of 151.9. They blew out Oakland 34-3. to um, and Mullins looks to continue his momentum against the Giants this Monday night. So, again, this is a thing we'll see. Um, I mean, Oakland's so bad. They are. That was They're, awful. They might be the worst team in football. They're bad, but they shouldn't what? let the third-string quarterback well, do that. Well, that's how bad they are. Yeah, no, exactly. It's crazy. I mean, look, I or understand. Is, Nick, is like, Nick Mullins that good? Well, well, let's talk about it. <laughs> the problem is their best offensive weapon right now is Jordy Nelson. And Jordy Nelson Six. is 33 years old. Yes, 2018. So having Doug Martin and Jordy Nelson as your targets probably is bad. I mean, if you and Jared was, Cook and, and Jared Cook, yeah. Yeah, if this was 2012, oof. Brandon <laughs> Brandon LaFell, Dwayne Harris, Jalen Richard, these are guys that are older. Maybe not Richard, but other guys. Mart Martavis Bryant. He's just bad. Oakland is where you end your career. Right mm. now, yeah. If you're an NFL player, see that's why Amari Cooper got dealt to Dallas. Oh, and let's not forget about Marshawn Lynch, who's been hurt. Yeah, it's like, oh, it won't I forgot be, he even existed. And let's won't be let's, I won't be surprised if Derek Carr gets uh isn't isn't there for 2019. Look, the only guy I really you know I mean the only couple guys I really like on the Raiders are a Jordy Nelson and b Jonathan Hank the Tank Hankins, um, so former New York Giant. If, if you're oh, wondering. yeah, I remember John. I like Jonathan Hankins. He was, guys, I can't believe you guys got rid of him. He was a second-round pick. You know, what ha- you know what happened was uh, Dalvin Tomlinson started to emerge, and they brought in snacks, and they're like, eh. Can't <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> they went through Linval Joseph, who's a beast on beast. Minnesota's defensive line, and Jonathan Hankins, who's the best player on Oakland's defense now that Khalil Mack is gone. You know? <laughs> we trade away all our, our good defensive tackles. Joseph, 
Hankins, snacks, snacks. Yep. gone. Come on. Yikes. Um, Steelers and Ravens. This was a very good game last week. The Ravens now dip to four and five. You start to think maybe John Harbaugh's on the hot seat. Maybe his time is done in Baltimore because I'm sorry. This is unaccept- This is unacceptable. This is mediocre football now for the past three to four years. I have a fun fact about the Ravens' past three weeks. Okay. But is it actually we're all, fun? Well, yeah, is, is it, we're all about the fun facts here. So, All right. So, past three weeks, they've been favored by two and a half. They've lost every game. Not fun for me as a Ravens better. So, you know, it was more of a sad fact. I, I, I changed the fun part. Back. <laughs> yeah, that wasn't fun at all. That was more I sad didn't have than fun. fun. No, I didn't have was... fun either. <laughs> I, no, but. I kept that. Look, and Joe, look the thing is, Joe Flacco's not having a bad year either. He's having a somewhat decent year, oh, better than he had in the past couple of years. I just think it's the pe- these, the players around him aren't doing that good. They have know? no running backs. Well, my problem is this: they, they, I mean, their only weapons on offense are Alex Collins, Michael Crabtree, and Willie Sneed. Yeah, I mean that's reality. But, but, I mean, I really, I was not really, I'm not really high on Willie Sneed. He's more of like a. Like a three kind three of guy. Receiver. Yeah, yes. number three, and they're using him as like a two-one kind of. Yeah. And like Michael, as much as I like Michael Crabtree, I think he did resurrect his career in Oakland. He's not having that much of a amazing year either, like he did when he well, was. He's also him. thirty years old. Yeah, so. exactly. So I mean, Father Time's catching up to him. Look, uh, my pick last week was Pittsburgh as my upset over Baltimore because they were on the road. Now Antonio Brown, if you include last night's Thursday night football game against Carolina, he now has one plus receiving touchdown in the last seven games. Wow. What do you think about that? He's good. Confirmed um, good at football. <laughs> the, the Chicago Bears currently lead the NFC North, surprisingly, uh, maybe not so surprisingly, after the Khalil Mack trade to start the season. The Bears are 5-3 and three at the halfway point for the first time since 2013. That is very good. Um, the Bills are not a good team. <laughs> Their defense is not awful. But, um, yeah, you know. I do have a fun fact about the Bills. Is this actual fun or is this more sad? Yes. They have more wins than the Giants. Who didn't even, wasn't even going to go there. But um, they have more pick sixes than passing touchdowns on the season. Really? Yeah. Well, so on Twitter. Fair, so on Twitter. Hand up if it's not true. The Bills did not have a bad first quarter. They stopped Trubisky, and they stopped the run. But then Chicago goes on and outscores Buffalo 28 nothing in the second quarter. Why is Nathan Peterman throwing the ball 49 times? Because they were down a million points. Like one million. Actually. Three picks. Nathan Peterman was their leading rusher. Oh, my god. That's sad. LaShawn McCoy had 10 carries for 10 yards. That's sad. Come on. <laughs> LaShawn McCoy is the whole offense. You have your whole offense is LaShawn McCoy and Zay Jones. But now, oh, you know, all right, we brought in Chris Ivory. We brought in Terrell Pryor. We have Kelvin Benjamin. These are mediocre players. Real mediocre. They need to get Terrell Pryor more involved, though, I will say. Um, Look, why not? You know what I'm saying? Um, Yeah. Their defense is not bad, though. Uh Tremaine Edwards, Tredavious White, Mika Hyde. Their defense is not bad. Jerry Hughes, Shaq Lawson, Matt Milano, Kyle Williams. They have guys on their defense. They got Julian Stanford? Yeah. Jets. Yeah, I know. That's what I thought of. I'm like, oh, Um, man. So, 
that was obviously a tough game last week for Buffalo. Uh, other games to review: the Panthers beat the Bucks before getting mutilated last night. Uh, they they did improve to six and two. Now they're six and three. The Panthers scored a franchise record thirty-five first half points against Ryan Fitzpatrick and the Tampa Bay Bucks. Uh, Fitzpatrick named the starter over Winston after being benched through four interceptions. Carolina led this game 35-14 to at halftime. Um, look, it was tough. Christian McCaffrey just went off again. Um, Fitzpatrick had the four touchdowns, but he also had the two picks. Um, and realistically, Mike Evans, when you only get one catch for 16 yards, if your name is Deshaun Jackson, you only get two catches, that's a problem. That means Carolina was doing their job defensively, and he was throwing the underneath patterns to Adam Humphreys all game. That's exactly what he was doing. Um, that's why Fitzpatrick didn't throw for over 250 yards last week. Um, that can't happen in this league, especially on the road. Yeah, he led a roaring comeback. They were down one score at one point. He did. But, you know, Fitzpatrick. <laughs> Kansas City defeats Cleveland 37-21. to uh, the Chiefs now, Pat Mahomes has 300-plus passing yards in eight straight games, and Pat Mahomes also has 29 touchdowns. He's the first quarterback in NFL history to throw at least 27 touchdowns in his first 10 career games. He's really good. Yeah, I know it, okay? He's good. Yeah, I thought he was good. really bad. I was proven wrong immensely. People were calling for Alex Smith to stay as the starter after last season. It did not happen, and it worked out for the better because now they have something better. As good as Alex Smith was in that system on that team, they couldn't win playoff games. This is how they had to get over the hump. They needed a change. Um, Pat Mahomes is part of that change. Kareem Hunt is a year older. Kareem Hunt had a spectacular game. Uh, I know he had two touchdowns, and I think he had over 140 total combined yards. 91 of them on the ground. No, Hunt had three touchdowns in this game. Yes, he had two on the ground, one in the air. Yeah, yeah, 141 all-purpose yards. Two Excuse rush- me. Two rushing and one receiving. Yeah, yeah, and also Travis Kelsey is you know he's the best tight end in football with Gronk having this not so great year. Seven catches, 100 yards, two touchdowns. Stud, stud. I'll just never forget the one time he flashed at the camera. Don't even know what you're talking about. Uh, yeah, it was a couple of years ago. Um, Flash like he was doing a stuff. Uh, no, oh. he uh, he was he he was making a hand gesture Ooh. at the camera. Oh. You guys remember it? Now, now I remember. Some dice. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Now I remember that. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, you know this is you know this, look at the score thirty-seven twenty. I mean the Chiefs are just bet, way better than the Browns, but Baker Mayfield did not have a bad game. No. Oh. 29 of 29 42, almost 300 yards, two touchdowns, and one interception. It's not uh, bad for a rookie. The reality is the Browns are 2-6-1. and one. Yeah. Uh, Reality is starting to set in that Cleveland obviously still needs improvement. But looking at the bright side, this is a big improvement over last season. Yes. I think oh, yeah. if you're the Browns, <laughs> this is nothing to be ashamed of, a 2-6-1 and one record. I mean, yeah, technically they're 250% better than last year. Yes. Yeah. If, if I'm sorry, I'm a big well actually guy. Technically, they're infinitely better. I actually, yeah. Yeah. Like uncharted <laughs> territory. <laughs> um, the Vikings beat the Lions 
24 to 9 um, in Snacks' debut with the Lions. The Vikings had 10 sacks. That was a franchise record. Wow. Um, and quite frankly, Minnesota's good again. <laughs> They're good. I, I mean, I think I, this is just my opinion. I still think on paper they have the best defense in football. I really do think so. You look top to bottom, that defensive line is stacked. Everson Griffin, Daniel Hunter, who had like three sacks in this game. NFL leader in sacks, Ball I believe, Joseph. Daniel Hunter. What? NFL leader in sacks, Daniel Hunter, I believe. Yes. Yeah. It's crazy. You, it would, is you crazy. wouldn't have thought that when you named their like, defensive line, you'd think Everson Griffin. Mm-hmm. So to have those two is. You have Eric Hendricks at linebacker. Um, your secondary is Xavier Rhodes, Harrison Smith, Andrew Sandejo. That's very good. And you have Mackenzie Alexander in there. And don't too. forget, they have Sheldon Richardson, too. I almost forgot. Oh, my goodness. And Trey Waynes and George Ioloka. Guys, Trey Waynes. there are four guys in their defensive line. Everson Griffin, Sheldon Richardson, Linval Joseph, Daniel Hunter. That's yeah, the best that's... four defense. That's the four best four And then, like you said, line. they run a 4-3, so you got uh, Kendricks and, like, Anthony Barr on one side. That's, yeah. Yeah, yeah. that's pretty good, I'd say. That's excellent. Pretty, pretty, pretty good. good. Pretty good. Pretty good. Pretty good. Um. Yeah. No, I think I think the Vikings are back. Kirk Cousins uh, did not have his best game. Par- uh, partially the reason why Thielen's uh, 100 yard receiving streak ended. However, um, Cousins has been a good leader for this team. That's why the Vikings are in playoff contention, and I think right now the third best team in the NFC. I would agree. Um, yeah. The Falcons are now four and four. They defeat Washington. They don't, have now won three now. straight games since starting the season, one and four. The Atlanta Falcons scored 38 points on the road against Washington, who their defense is very good, the Redskins, you know, but not last week. You have Ryan Kerrigan, Matt Ioannidis. You have really good pass rushers on this team. Alex Smith threw for 300 yards in this game. They only scored 14 points. The problem was Alex Smith was their leading passer, and he was also their leading rusher at 22 Oof. yards. Not good. The inability to run the football. Look, AP had a great game last week against the Giants. But now, uh, two weeks ago, excuse me, last week, nine rushes, 17 yards. That's not okay. And their leading receiver was Maurice Harris. Yeah. Exactly. I'm, I'm waiting for somebody to say who. Yeah, no, that's, 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 why, that's why we heard the, the three seconds of silence there. Um <laughs> Yeah, I don't know who Crickets. that is. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Maurice Harris. I don't know who that is, but I've been saying for a while this why this wide receiver core for the Redskins is not good. It's not. It's not good no. at all. I was never a big fan of it. I mean, look, Maurice Harris, good for you. 124 yards. Yeah. All to you. Congratulations. But I doubt you'll do it again. Ooh. And Wow. Yeah, hot take. <laughs> Maurice Harris, call in. Let's get some thoughts. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Other thoughts, these last four games are going to go over. The Houston Texans win against Denver, 19-17. Look, uh, Denver's a tough place to play on the road. Mile high, that is. And uh, 19-17, the final score. Wait, is it still mile high? Yes. Well, now now you're asking the question. Yeah, I don't know. I, now. I don't know. Oh, man. <laughs> it's, uh, but that, that I feel game, like uh... a lot of these stadiums, they're, they're uh, rebranding to, um, like, banks and stuff, which I'm not a big fan of. Oh, yeah, it's still Mile High. City Field? Uh, yeah, you know. Stuff. MetLife. It's insurance. Yeah. But, um, right, it's Deshaun Watson <laughs> had a good game. Solid outing. Um, 
DeAndre Hopkins was great. Ten catches, 105, and a touchdown. This is now six straight wins for the Houston Texans. Um, and in his Texan debut against his former team, Demarius Thomas, three catches, 61 yards. Yeah. Um, good for him. It's yeah. great for him. It's just him and DeAndre Hopkins are going to work very well together. There I mean, was some beef about that. Um, I like obviously they pay, uh, Denver paid a tr- uh, tribute to him, uh, the jumbotron before the game. But look, there was some comments about Demarius Thomas. Uh, you know these younger receivers were going to get playing time over him. Uh, you know guys like Cortland Sutton. You know and. Um, it's it's just one of those scenarios where Demarius Thomas is one of the older players now. They're looking to move on. They still have Emmanuel Sanders, but Cortland Sutton has been great the last few weeks. Um, and I think he's earned himself some reps, and I guess Denver kind of looking to rebuild a little bit. Um, I don't know if Case Keenum on their, cent- on their center helps you with that. But, um, again, it's just one of those things where you got to move on. You can't sit here and, you know, cry about it. Oh, a week later, I'm not. I'm not saying he has, but there's definitely been some hard feelings between Thomas and the Broncos. Um, and Vance Joseph, you know, he he said this is strictly a business. This was a business move. We love Demarius and what he's done here. We appreciate him. He was the longest tenured Denver Bronco on that roster, but things change. Yeah. Yeah, it's tough, but again, like you said, it's a business, and you gotta move on. But the Texans, guys. Six straight wins for the first time since 2012. Bravo. After starting 0-3, who would have thought they'd be the lead dogs in the AFC South right now? Not me. And also, they uh, believe a late second missed field goal by the Broncos gave the Texans the win. So uh, that Mc- was... McManus again. Yeah, he's been so inconsistent. Yeah, McManus is the worst. Like I've got to say, the Texans pretty much have the South right now because ten- Tennessee is too inconsistent for my liking. Uh, they have a coach who doesn't know when to kick an extra point. Jacksonville is a mess. Disaster. And then um, the Colts, eh. who, you know, they're having themselves a year. They can get any type of defense and blocking, maybe, but yeah, they get none of that. Problem. Like 0% yeah. of that. So The big game this week was the Rams and the Saints. Uh, this game went to overtime. Uh, the Rams lose their first game of the season, but this comeback uh, – guys in this game um that shouldn't have happened (laughs) it shouldn't have happened the saints were up in this game 35 17 um and then the rams they come back somehow some way um and then they bring it to overtime late um jared goff had a great game coming back through for almost 400 yards but when you have a big trio of receivers in Brandon Cooks, Cooper Cup, and Robert Woods, you're always in games, regardless of the score. Down by three possessions in the fourth quarter, no problem. We're undefeated. We have confidence. We have a chip on our shoulder. Because um, I'm pretty sure they weren't favored on the road. Pretty sure the Saints were favored in this game, even though the Rams were unbeaten. Oh, looking at me. Um, yeah. <laughs> even Ooh, though I the, believe uh, the, the Kyle Russo lot, took them. So. The Saints may may have not been favored. Um, I will I will tell you right now. Yeah. Chris, by the way, you went 0 for 2 in your picks last week. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, the game did not go into overtime. Excuse me. The game did not go into overtime. The The Rams opened up at minus 7, but then it got bet down to minus 2, so the Rams were the favorites. Slightly. Mm-hmm. Slightly. 
This was a great game overall. I mean, look, Jared Goff had, he had three wide receivers who went for over 70 yards. Anytime that can happen in a game for anyone wide receiver, that's a great, great to see. I mean, yeah, we know the we know the Rams are undefeated, and the arguably the best team in the NFL. Yeah, the Saints won at the very end of uh, regulation, so that's um, both these teams nearly elapsed 500 yards in this game. We knew it was going to be a shootout, and that's what we got. Uh, Michael Thomas was incredible. Drew Brees was phenomenal. Drew Brees, four touchdowns, very clean game. Uh, Alvin Kamara with the two TDs. Three TDs. Oh, yeah, well, he had two TDs on the yeah. ground and then one through the air. Um, and then Michael Thomas had 211 yards through Stug. the air um, on 12 catches and a touchdown. He has been He's been really incredible. good. Best receiver in that class, for sure. Yeah. Um, that's the Saints' record, actually, for most receiving yards in a game, wow. believe it or not. Um, so, you know, handing an undefeated team their first loss of the season, this may be a potential preview of the NFC Championship game. Yeah, Both these teams have awesome. one loss, and both these teams now are fighting for home field advantage. You yeah, know? They're going to yeah, they're fine for that one-two position in the in the NFC to see who can actually get the home field advantage throughout the whole playoffs. Mm-hmm. My thing is the reason why the Saints won this game was they shut Gurley down. He only had 68 yards on the ground in the one TD. And, guys, Brandon Cooks in his return to the Superdome. A lot of people forget he's a former Saint playing for the Rams now. Six catches, 114 yards, and a touchdown. Goff found him very nicely. Uh, Cooks is the best receiver on on the Rams. Even though um, Cup is listed as three in the depth chart, I think he's second best above Robert Woods. Um, but look, that's he's a great. He, he, I think I think he's easily. I mean, look, he was the number one for the Saints when he was there. He was the number one for the Patriots last year. Cooks, and now he's yeah. the, I, he's easily. I think he's easily the number one with the uh, with the Rams. He's yeah. he's very very good. I'm big on Brandon Cooks. Yeah, I agree. Um, so this may be a potential preview of the NFC Championship game. We'll get to that in just a moment. Um, Kyle Russo, you picked the Saints as your upset. Good job. However, you flopped with Tampa Bay as your lock. And Dawes, you went one for two as well. You won with Chicago as your lock. You lost with Seattle as your upset. But Seattle played a very good game. This game came down to the final play against the Chargers. And the Chargers right now, I think they're the third best team in the in the AFC even above Pittsburgh, because they went into Quest, or I don't know if it's not called Quest anymore either. Uh, They went into Seattle on the road, a place where nobody wins. It was funny, in the post-game interview, Philip Rivers was saying, you know, all these young guys who played here for the first time, I was telling them, get ready, it's going to be loud, like loud, loud. And And these guys went up to Philip after the game, they're like, you know, you hyped it up a little bit too much. Ooh. I'm like, wow, that's something for uh, the young guys to say. But Philip Rivers did not have his best game. He only completed 13 passes. Uh, that's not Philip Rivers-like numbers, but they still found a way to win. Melvin Gordon on the ground was great. Keenan Allen through the air. Mike Williams made a big catch. Virgil Green got involved. Tyrell Williams has been Tyrell Williams very has good. Been solid. He's been getting his uh, – he's been eating these past couple weeks. Yeah. The big thing, too, for Seattle was the inability to run the ball in the second half. It's called Century Link Field, actually, now. Um, was Chris Carson getting hurt in this game. It kind of stopped their running game because a lot of people are looking 
you know, the Chargers have a legitimate shot this year. You know, a lot of people are picking them to upset Kansas City in the playoffs, but a lot of people forget the Chargers still have a shot to win that division. They're only one game behind Kansas City, and I'm pretty sure they still have two games to play against the Chiefs. Or no, they have one. I think they played earlier this season already. But the Chargers have a shot, and if they beat the Chiefs, they'd own the tiebreaker. So just saying, the Chargers still have a shot at the number one seed in in the AFC, as crazy as that sounds. And we know Kansas City is an inexperienced playoff team with, well... With no defense as well. Right. Uh, I'm not yeah. saying, like, Andy Reid, but Mahomes, Hawkins, yeah, no, th- those, those guys. Uh, as where Phillip Rivers, he's been in the playoffs. He's never had that much success. Obviously, Sandy, uh, L.A., a young team Sandy. as well. Yeah. Um, <laughs> he just had that. <laughs> My thing is this. Good, good I, and Phillip <laughs> Rivers also brought this up in his post-game interview. Chris Watt, he can block. That's why Melvin Gordon was great on the ground. The plays that Watt was in there, the fullback is such an undervalued position nowadays. If you have a good fullback, you're going to be better running the football than at least two-thirds of the rest of the league. Not many teams even have a fullback anymore. No. The Jets don't have the one. The Jets, the Giants don't have the one. The Giants have one, but oh, they he doesn't do now? play. Yeah. <laughs> he doesn't play. Well, Shane, <laughs> so disappointing. Like he doesn't play. Shane Smith got cut like week two or three. We all know how that experiment went. Um South, very fast. Uh, not Miami South, but you know what I mean. Um, so, yeah, look, if you're if you're the Chargers, you don't like the way you ended this game, though, because you have Russell Wilson on the other side, and a lot of people saying, oh, Seattle's got to rebuild, they got to rebuild. They're 4-4. Four and four. They have an easy shot to make the playoffs right now in the, in the NFC as a wild card. Mm-hmm. Um, they're 4-4. Four and four. Look, yes, the Chargers are 6-2. and two. That's their best start since 2006. They lost to a good football team on the last play of the game. It's good to see Simple the Chargers getting off to a good start. They traditionally stink in the first half. Yeah, so no, they do. It's good to see like an actual good team like actually getting results early. And then, it, I'm sorry, his name is Derek Watt on the Chargers. Uh, what are you going to do? Chris Watt, whatever. Yeah, there's too many of them. Uh, yeah, there's too many. You're right. Like uh, but I will say this. David Moore should have caught that touchdown, and the Seahawks oh, yeah. should have been uh, going, going for two there to tie the game. Agreed. Uh, so it's very unfortunate, but it happened. Uh, last two games here, quick. Um, Monday night football, the Titans somehow beat Dallas on the road 28-14. to 14, So that goes an X on my lock. So everybody went one for two this week except Clem. Uh, Clem picked the Redskins and the Browns. Um, everybody went one for two. Hey, man. Dallas was, un- was undefeated at home on paper. You know, the Titans are coming off a bad loss in London, uh, You know, go- going for two. Um, the Titans were 11 for 14 on third down. That was the difference maker in this game. The Titans improved to four and four. Uh, the Titans also, they could have easily beaten the Chargers two weeks ago. Mar- Mariota has improved the season with his arm. He's not making many mistakes. Deion Lewis is their number one running back right now, and he's living up to the expectations. Um, there's not really one player on Tennessee that you can look at and say, oh, he's the star of that team. No, yeah, you're absolutely right. You wanted to see that. I still don't think Mariota took that next like, step to be a very good quarterback in the NFL. I still don't think he's like he's hovering, about, he's hovering yeah. around like the average, below average quarterback level. But in this game, he, do, he, he does show signs of him playing very good. And, again, uh, – they were kind of hoping that Derrick Henry would take that 
next level is a starting running running yeah, back. Their really power bad. running back it stinks, and he stinks. I I was never a Derek <laughs> I was never a Derek Henry fan. I always thought he was not that good, and I am being proven like a genius. So okay, you stink, Derek Henry. I hope you call it. I'll fight you. <laughs> no, I won't fight you. You'll beat me up. But but yeah, Derek Henry, not good. Other stuff, guys. Uh, the last game we are going to review on our show, review and preview. Um, so then you, should call, you should call. Yo, you should call the uh, the show that what? review and preview. Someone write that down. Yeah, guys. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if you're listening to our podcast, remember, fifty eight minutes in, Chris called me out on the name of our show. <laughs> wow. Um, Wow, I was right. Yeah. <laughs> Let's get to our last game. Uh, the Packers and the Patriots, guys. A rematch of the uh, the 1997 Super Bowl. I don't know how I remember that, but that's engraved into my mind. Uh, Is that New- the one Favre actually won? Yes. Favre wow, actually won a Super Bowl. What is that shade at Brett Favre? Andre Risen, that touchdown where he takes his helmet and runs on the field. You can't take your helmet off on the field and run anymore like that. So, yeah. What do, you, what do you mean shade? That's the only Super Bowl he won. Yeah, but you said it was such a tood. Shoot. Red Favre, call in. I mean, again, yeah, <laughs> lines are open. Maurice Jones, is that who's calling in? I don't know. I don't know. The guy, yeah, we don't know. You're not important enough to call in. Oh, he better call <laughs> in. <yeah. laughs> um, Kyle Russo wrote that on the script. New England destroys Green Bay 31-17. And I think this is a fair question to ask at this point. Should Green Bay or will Green Bay move on from Mike McCarthy after this season? I think it's a few years over. Ooh, don't know the word there. Too late. It's a few years too late, honestly. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I'm gonna agree with Mike. There were rumors about this last year and even two years ago that they were gonna get rid of Mike McCarthy, and I think his time is done, especially yeah. after this game. I mean, look, Rodgers continues to be Rodgers. Twenty-four, forty-three, two hundred fifty-nine yards and two touchdowns, no interceptions. I mean, there's nothing you really can't ask more from Rodgers. I mean, yeah. literally. I'm like I'm almost out of loss of words because he he does everything he can to put this team on his back, put up 17 points. But I mean, at this point, I think it's it, I think it's the coaching. Mike McCarthy's got to go. Chris, the Packers are below 500 after eight games, sitting at three, four, and one for the first time since 2005. Guys, well, we were in fifth grade. <laughs> yeah. Sports. <laughs> Sports. No, that's, yeah. That's but, again, this goes back to the coaching too. When Marquez Valdez Scantling is the leading wide receiver for the Packers, that's saying something. Yeah. Scantling. Exactly. You don't even, yeah, Val, Valdez Scantling. Devontae Adams not good old MVS. Anything good lately? Him um, nothing. Randall Devon. Cobb. They're getting nothing from their running back positions either. I mean, Aaron Jones Aaron is Jones. all right. You know what I think screwed them up too? Putting Ty Montgomery at running back. I know it was a thing they had to do well, at the time. They traded him too. Yeah, no, they just traded him. They shipped him off. But they should, once they got like a running back in there, they should have just moved Ty Montgomery back to wide receiver. He was a good wide receiver. The Packers are a subpar 500 team without Aaron Rodgers. And right now you're seeing that Green Bay is below 500 with Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, it's unbelievable. Look, I get it. Green Bay's on the road in New England. Not many people go into New England and win. But um, when you got players like Devontae Adams, Jimmy Graham, Aaron Rodgers, you also have Mercedes Lewis as your backup tight end. 
who's been around the league forever. Yeah. Like, the, these are experienced guys that should be winning you football games. I understand you're playing the Patriots, but these other games that they've lost, they shouldn't have. Uh, this is crazy. And also, i got to say something for New England, though. Flash Gordon, five catches, 130 yards, and a TD. A big game for Flash Gordon on his new team. What do you guys think of the Josh Gordon resurrection? Love it. I love it. This guy's amazing. Like, it doesn't matter where he was. You could He could have stayed in Cleveland. He's on the Patriots now. He was going to have a good season. He's that kind of player. You can see what, what he hasn't played football in, what, like two, three years? Yeah. He, it looks like he hasn't lost a step. And usually guys that, you know, take, not take two years off, but he hasn't played in two years, usually it catches up to them. They haven't played, get the dust, uh, got some rust on them. Josh Gordon looks great. He's having a great year. And people were questioning Belichick and the coaching staff and all these players they were cutting in preseason. But if you look at what New England has offensively, Julian Edelman, Cordell Patterson, who had a great game, 11 catches. Edelman also threw a 37-yard pass in this game. They always threw a trickaroo on you. At running back, you got James White, who's been great. Um, look, Gordon, Edelman, Patterson at receiver, uh, Hogan. And then at tight end, I mean, you got Gronk and Dwayne out. Obviously, Gronk is, has, not, has had a down year. He hasn't played as much, but... Um, look, it's just one of those things where um, New 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 England is again all around a great team. Their defense is very underrated again this year, holding the Packers to 17 points. So um, that will do it for our review portion of the NFL and the teams on the bye this past week. Obviously, you had the Giants, you had the Bengals, you had the Colts, the Jaguars. The Eagles and the Cardinals, who released Sam Bradford. Should Sam Bradford re- just retire at this point? I mean, or should he, he give it one more crack at Oakland or Jacksonville? I mean, maybe? he's got like a billion dollars saved, so I, I would retire if I was him. Yeah. He has. He's been the finesse king of the NFL. That's a fair that point. Film. On that note, we're going to step aside for another quick break. When we come back, we're going to have our team of the week. We're going to preview our NFL games and give our lock and our upset, and we're going to get to the New York Jets. You're listening to Review and Preview here on MyWCWP.org. Now back to Review and Preview on WCWPSports.org. Good evening and welcome back to Review and Preview, folks. I am your host, Tom Scavetta, joined alongside Chris Klimazuski and Mike Dawes. It is the top of the hour. It is time for our Team of the Week. So, last week we had some very interesting picks, to say the least. Um, Let's get to our Team of the Week for this week. Chris, we'll start with you. Okay. I'm going to take it to the college level, and I'm going to go. Uh-oh. I'm not picking picking, uh, LIU this week. I'm picking Notre Dame. Look, Notre Dame has been amazingly good. 31. They beat, I know it's only 31 to 21 to beat Northwestern, but... Ian Book is having a phenomenal season. He had a, another phenomenal game, 22 of 34, 343 yards, two touchdowns. Dexter Williams is a, a great back. It, he's finally showing that he can be a legit back in the in college football. He only had 56 yards and one touchdown, but he's a very mean runner. He know, He's a hustler and everything like that. Ian Book also had 56 yards as well, too. Chase Claypool. Great wide receiver, and this defense is one of the better defenses in the nation. 
yeah. in all of college football. So I'm taking Notre Dame as my team of the week. Does? Uh, well, I went with an actual good team. So I'm going to go with the – get some looks here. Looks out of the paper. I went with the Los Angeles Chargers. Uh, five wins in a row, and they're at Oakland this week, so let's just count that as six. And they've been, you know, on fire. We talked about it. Third best team in the AFC, I think we said. Not sure. I don't yeah. remember. But, yeah, I'm going to go with the Chargers. They've been really good. I like that pick. Thank you. Um, I, and, of course, I like Notre Dame. But um, I'm going to throw you guys a curveball. Last night before the show, and after the Thursday night football game ended, I was torn between two teams, the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Milwaukee Bucks. Because Milwaukee actually beat Golden State last night, and the Pittsburgh Steelers mutilated the Carolina Panthers in front of national TV. However, I'm going to give you a curveball. An NBA team from, from the Western Conference, the Oklahoma City Thunder, who are on a seven-game winning streak after starting 0-4. They've been good. What do you think about that? I believe two wins in a row without Westbrook, too. Yeah, absolutely right. No, I mean, this the Thunder are very good. I haven't paid really much attention to... Basketball this season, Paul George. Some pay attention, but yeah, sport. but no, Paul George. He's been Catalyst. playing. I I have been paying attention. To, I have been seeing like some of the bigger games, and Paul George and has been playing Schroeder. a phenomenal game all season. I loved the, when oof, when the Thunder got Dennis Schroeder last year. I thought that was a phenomenal move. He was he's a great point guard in this league. Oh, my boy Patterson off the bench, Postman Pat. We call him on NBA Two K. <laughs> Postman Pat. I like Do you that. remember that TV show? Oh no! There's that a TV show called Postman Pat. Yeah, oh, that sounds. Like I love doing the pick and fade and just popping uh, perimeter shots with Patterson off the bench. People get so pissed because Patterson ends up with like twenty points a game. Um, but yeah, the Thunder are my team of the week. Um, surprisingly, I just chose that five seconds before I called it. Nice. I was about to go with the Bucks for beating the Warriors, but decided with the Thunder. Can't go wrong at the seven-game winning streak, no? <laughs> True. Let's preview this week's games. It is week 10 already. Where is the season gone? Man, we're already over halfway through. It seems like it just started, man. Um, and the Giants still sit with one win come week 10. Love it. Yikes. Do you know? <laughs> Yikes. Thanks. Um, you got the Lions and the Bears this week. The Saints and the Bengals should be a great game. The Saints are 4-0 on the road this season. Fun fact. That's the first time since 2009 that yeah, they're 4-0 on the road. Their only loss is week one to the Bucks, I believe. Unless they have two losses. Yep. Oh, they won that's yeah, it. it's crazy. And they should have won that game too. Yeah, and to think after the first two weeks because they lost to the Bucks at home and then they barely beat the Browns at home week two and now they're like the best team in the NFC. Yes. Arguably. Drew Brees, he's pretty good. I think the Saints are the best team in football. Ooh. Drew Brees, the boat? Question mark? Drew B. Drew Brees, the goat. Oh, the boat. The best of all time. Not the goat. Oh, the boat. you love using that reference with Brees. The boat. Um. <laughs> all right, so we also got the Falcons <laughs> and the Browns. That's a sleepaway game. The Falcons will blow them out of the water. The Colts and the Jaguars. That should be interesting because Luck has had a lot of success against Jacksonville. Also interesting, uh, they favored the Colts by three. So well, not, not any respect to Jacksonville. Cardinals and the Chiefs, uh, the only good thing about that game is the matchup. Tyreek Hill going up against Patrick pa- Patrick Peterson. I almost said Patrick Patterson. <laughs> <laughs> um, the Jets and the Bills, which we'll get to in just a moment when we get to the Jets. Um, I don't want to. The Jets have won three out of their last four. 
against Buffalo. This is the first time they play the Bills this season, right? Yeah. Yeah. The the only uh, AFC East opponents the Jets have faced are have been the Dolphins. Swept. This is going to yeah. be a fun game down in Tampa. Oh, they're going to say in Buffalo. Yeah. I was just like, oh, I don't know. Fun oh, yeah, Tampa. That should be a good game. The Redskins at the Bucks. Bucks um, got the Vegas favorite. Yeah. Six of their last eight matchups have been decided by three points or fewer. Spreads three. Fun, fun, fun. Fun, fun fact for a betting man over here. New England and Tennessee. Now, see, this could potentially be a trap game because Brady and the Pats offense, they're flying high. They just beat Green Bay. But they're on the road against the very stout Tennessee defense that is very underrated with a former New England Patriot player as their head coach in Mike Vrabel. And former player Deion Lewis. Correct. Yes. God, you're so smart. Thanks, Mike. <laughs> um, I, I don't Malcolm know. Butler. I think I, I could see yes. what you... Yes. Wow, Clem he won up to you. Yeah, horrible reference by Chris. <laughs> I can see. <laughs> I can see where this this you see it could be a trap game, but I, in reality, I don't see the Patriots losing this game. No, I don't. I don't see them losing it either. I but. could see the Titans covering the seven, but yeah, like I could see a first half close game for sure, and then you know Brady digs in and does Brady things. But especially the way the Titans have been playing the past couple weeks, you would need you would need Mariota to be almost perfect in well, this the, game. I think. the Titans should be 5-3 and three right now. They shouldn't That's be 4-4. Four and four. They should have beat the Chargers two weeks ago. At least should have taken that to overtime. Yeah. Like, oh my gosh. Um, and the Titans were dominating that second half. They had all the momentum. Why not just kick the extra point? The it's, Chargers it were still makes on no their heels. Or, or at least do a decent two-point conversion play call. I mean, I'm, it yeah. still makes no sense. But the fans overseas loved it. So It, it was... Interesting football. I guess maybe, maybe they did it for their benefit, not their own team. <laughs> that, that would be, be very wild. embarrassing. Uh, AFC West matchup at the Oakland Coliseum, the Chargers and the Raiders. Isn't this the Raiders' last year in Oakland? E- yes. I want to say yes. I'm not sure, though. The Oakland Raiders are going to Vegas. I, they might have one more year. I'm not too sure. Uh, I don't know either. But I, I think it. it's 2020. Something tells me it's 2020 they're going to Vegas. I believe you're a smart guy. So. Um. <laughs> Thank you, Mike. Um, <laughs> Compliments over here. Um, the Dolphins at the Packers. Green Bay has won 11 straight home games, guys, despite how bad they've been on the road. Um, Green Bay should win this game and get back to 4-4-1 and and play off Destroy them should, at least. This game's going to be good. The Rams and the Seahawks at the Los Angeles M- Memorial Coliseum in L.A. Uh, Seattle's 4-4. Four and four. They're coming off a tough loss. This is not a good matchup for Russell Wilson, though. Then the Rams are coming off a loss. I don't see them losing two in a row. Um, and Jared Goff ended the game very hot last week. So he we'll did. see how that translates into this week. Cowboys and the Eagles, divisional matchup. Eagles are at home. Philly looks to be favored in this game. I still think the Eagles are probably going to come out of the East, despite Washington being 5-3. and Because Washington does not have any... Players offensively, not named Alex Smith. Chris yeah, Thompson is hurt. Adrian Peterson's having a good year. Yeah. <laughs> Jordan Reed's been terrible. And he's been, like, somewhat healthy, and he's been awful. Yeah, he has. Yeah. And, you know, just like we talked about earlier, the receiving core is just really bad. Yeah. It's not good. It's not good. Um, and also, uh, don't forget Amari Cooper actually had his Cowboy debut last week. We forgot to talk about that when we were reviewing games. 
Cooper had five catches, 58 yards, and a score. He did. It was a nice touchdown. He's their number one receiver now. It was a good look. I understand that some Cowboy fans don't like it because it was a first-round pick. But oh, it was a terrible this- trade. I'm going you- to be on the side that it was a good trade. Oh, well, it's a bad side. Because it was a move that they need needed to happen. That needed to happen. Because they weren't, they, Jerry Jones probably didn't want to spend any money in the offseason. Oh, that's a reason to trade there's no good. Pick? There's no good wide receivers coming out of this draft, except for uh, the kid from Alabama. Uh, I don't know his name. Alabama receiver. Yeah, that guy. Yeah. Not um, named Calvin Ridley. Yeah, not Calvin so Ridley. So you trade for a mediocre receiver for a first-round pick? But it's not that guy. he's mediocre. He'll, no, he's mediocre. He's gonna. I think he's going to resurrect his career. Ugh. And this opens the playbook a little bit more for Cole Beasley and Alan Hearns and even Zeke, too. You get them the oh. ball more instead of having Zeke. I mean, having Cole Beasley is the only wide receiver that you have. And just instead and tossing the ball down to Zeke as well. Jerry too. Judy. Jerry Judy, Ten yes. Touchdown. He's going to be very good. Judge Judy's coming out? Yeah. They should have drafted Judge Judy. But I don't like that take it by you at all. I think... <laughs> No, dude. I'm just, I'm, no, I, I, I'm just trying to make the argument for <laughs> the argument. for the people who who think. Yeah, of but it. I think better receivers got traded. Josh Gordon's better than Amari Cooper, fifth round pick. Shout out to our former host Brian Marbach watching on Facebook Live, quoting Griffin Ward: "Stop drinking. That's drunk talk." It, it is <laughs> according to his comments. ACC shit, Doug. <laughs> ACC championship, dog. I think that's what he's trying to say. Yeah. Yikes. Um, yeah. No, I, I really do think that there will be more talent at the wide receiver position this draft. However, Calvin Ridley's been phenomenal this season. The DJ Moore is starting to come into his own. Um, so, yeah. And then the other game, the New York football Giants will be taking on Nick Mullins and the 2-7 and seven San Francisco 49ers at Levi's Stadium. On Monday Night Football, nobody thought going into this game you'd see a one-win Giants team going against Nick Mullins in front of national television. <laughs> yeah, been pretty bad season for both teams. No, I'm looking forward to Odell Beckham versus uh, Richard Sherman. So we'll uh, we'll get to that in just a moment. We know what time it is now. It's time to get to our lock and our upset. Remember, you don't necessarily have to follow the lines; strictly your opinion on who you think um, will win each game. And remember, when somebody picks a game, that game is off the table for the next person. This is not a Fox 5 pregame show. <laughs> that, that'd be cool. <laughs> it would be. All right, um, so I'm going to go first because I don't want anyone to take my picks. Um, my lock, Chargers, on the road, in Oakland. I even love the minus 10. I think they're going to blow them out. And, uh, yeah, that would be my lock. Am I doing upset, too, or are we going around for locks? I don't know. Give us your upset. And my upset. Let's do it. Washington on the road in Tampa. I think they'll win outright. How about that? How about that take? Okay. Tom, you go next. All right. He doesn't always do it. Um, <laughs> my lock is going to be the Atlanta Falcons against the, Cle- against the Cleveland Browns. Good lock. Um, yes, Atlanta is on the road. Yes, they started the season one and four. But even when they were 1-4, their offense looked phenomenal, and I think it's too much for Cleveland to withstand. I don't think Baker Mayfield can match Matt Ryan at all. Um, tough cookies. And then my upset. 
Ah, uh, the New York football giants over the San Francisco 49ers. I like it. In my upset. Oh, did I steal yours, Chris? No, I was going to be my lock that the 49ers beat the Giants. But um, I'll... <laughs> wow. A two-win team is your lock? Yeah, well, I, was I mean, the, I was is it the because team. the Giants are that bad, or I mean, you trust the 49ers? He went 0-2 last week. I mean, what are we expecting here? You guys had one win! Yeah, but that's infinity more than you. All right, so... Whoa! <laughs> my, my lock... Let's hear this, genius. ...is the Jets. Oh, I mean, yeah, they're, yeah, they're playing the worst team ever created. So, yeah, I guess so. <laughs> I mean, they're the only official New York team. And my upset? Let's hear it. Seahawks. Oh. Oh. Take. You know, I didn't make no noises at your pick. So the Rams are going to lose two weeks in a row, Chris. Yes. I think Russell Wilson is <laughs> going to have a bounce-back game. They're, I think um, their defense is going to come together and stop. I mean, look, you see what, why the Rams lost last week. It's because the Saints were able to hold Todd Gurley to 60-something yards. Right. If the, if the Seahawks can do that, which they their defense is capable of doing that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They can do it. They can they can stop the Rams. Mm-hmm. So that's I'm going to take the Seahawks as my upset and the Jets as my loss. It very well might happen. That Those picks stink. However. Um, we're fighting after this. Oh, my God. Yeah. you at those picks. <laughs> so let's get to the New York Jets. A dismal loss to the Dolphins. Dawes, this game was so bad you watched it on your phone. I did on their way home from Virginia. Really it choice, was a but... miserable game to watch and lose battery life to, but I did it because I'm a Jets fan. Also, I will, I will rub it in. I'm the only one who picked the Dolphins to beat the Jets. How about that? I did say, like, 31-17, which is a lot, but – uh. So, thoughts? Um, congrats Thank on you. picking I, Miami. Thank you. I really, I'm really proud of myself. <laughs> um, you succeeded. I sure did. Succeeded my expectations. I thought the Jets were going to win. Oh yeah. So the Jets come up empty against Miami this year. That can't happen. Yeah, but when me and Chris are going through the schedule, <laughs> yeah. we're like, oh, that's two wins versus the Dolphins. And now we're going 0-2. I think, yeah, me, me and Mike it's usually. It's thing to do. Yeah. I realistically thought at least, at least one win versus the Dolphins. Yeah, you got to split. You got to split. You, you got to. You got But to get swept by the Dolphins, you can't <laughs> have disappointment. that. It's, it is disappointing. Oh, it's too, so disappointing. Both games by one score. <laughs> like, I'm just so, I, I'm disgusted. Ooh, like, because this offense is really the, it stinks. It's the stinks. offense too. This defense is good. Defense is Oh, great. defense was incredibly good. I think they held them to 13 points. 6. No, 6 with the pick 6. Yeah, 6. They held them to 6 points without Doug Middleton. Oh. Shout out James Montefusco. Um, Ooh. <laughs> um but yeah. No, he oh. he he might be joining us soon though. Oh, wow. For the giant segment, we'll see if he gets here in time. Uh, but more importantly, guys, in this loss, Sam Darnold, the four interceptions Again, that's not okay. You can put two on Sam Darnold, realistically. Two were on, I'm going to put on Spencer Long. That dude stinks. I texted Dawes during the game. I was like, they got a fire. All kept, I was like, they have to fire Spencer Long, middle of the game, right now. And he was like, why? What happened? I'm not watching the game. I was like, it's just bad snap after bad snap. Oh, yeah, I I turned it off because my phone was for sure dead. Yeah, 
it was just bad snap after bad snap. And I'm just like, why is he still in? It took till the fourth quarter for Todd Bowles to make the decision to put in uh, Harrison. I'm just like, who, who is much better? Much better. I think he's just much overall better. better. You would have blind orangutan <laughs> at center, and he'd be better snapping the ball. It's tough to argue that because Spencer <laughs> Long was that bad. I've never seen a center play this bad on any team. This is awful. I didn't. First of all, I didn't like the signing of Spencer Long at the beginning of the season. Four year deal. I'm what he. That's not gonna last. <laughs> oh, certainly not. No, that's a Giants thing to do. A four year yeah. deal. I would have sure, like, much. None of it's I don't know team. how he's doing on the 49ers, but I much. I wanted Weston Richburg as the center. I'm sure, he's better than Spencer Long. Exactly. I'll go out on that list. Exactly, but. Again, it's this off. This offense is doing nothing to help out this defense, and you hear players being frustrated on this Jets defense. You heard Jamal Adams after the game; he was like, "I'm sick of losing." Well, did you hear what Todd Bowles says? I love Todd Bowles, but then after the game, they were like, "Well, what happened?" He's like, "Well, we need turnovers." That's not why they lost. They That's lost not they why they lost. Points. No. First of all, the Jets defense is top what like top five in turnovers in the. Oh, I'm loving this tonight, guys. <laughs> yeah. Smoke show here on Review and Preview. Yeah, because look, because me and Mike were fed up at this point. Because at least last year with the Jets being Get six angry. and Go ahead. the last year with the Jets being six and ten, it was okay because you saw improvement and a fight from every player on that team. This year, you're five not seeing that. Yeah, you five s- and eleven. It was, it was bothering me too. Five and eleven. I thought it was six and ten. Either way, no, it was not six and ten. but <laughs> but either way, you saw a lot of improvement from all your players. You saw it from Jamal Adams, Marcus May, Robbie Anderson, uh, Jermaine Curse. All these guys. Avery Williamson is a stud. Everyone, okay, for, yeah, so good. Stunt. But again, this defense took the next took the next step, but this offense did not. Robbie Anderson is de- has digressed. Jeremy Curse, uh, Jermaine Curse has digressed. The only bright spot on this offense right now Chris is Herndon. Quincy and Nunwa and Chris Herndon. That's it. That is it. And the only reason Quincy and Nunwa is a bright spot is because he's been Sam Donald's safety blanket all so, year. We're nine weeks into the season, nine games for the Jets because they have not had their bye yet. Their bye is week eleven, correct? Yes. Yeah, next week. Next so week, New England. Give Sam Darnold a grade so far, like a letter grade. I'd say C plus. That's I would say. I would C+, say C plus yeah. B minus, just because the circumstances are so crazy. Oh, look, that's not bad for a rookie quarterback. Oh, not bad at all. He needs five new linemen and about three new receivers. Like this, he has no and weapons run, and running backs. Two new running backs. <laughs> I mean, we you know, it's I a mean, disaster. I was all for. Five new linemen. Crowell and oh, five new linemen. Yes, Powell's out for the season. I was all. I love the Crowell Powell. That's a good combo. But now when you're talking McGuire, Crowell, Crowell hasn't done anything. He's clearly hurt. Clearly, I think yeah, he's playing hurt, and they don't want to. He's playing hurt, and like, but it's not good though because he's because he's literally he's literally hasn't done anything since he broke the Jets record. Like true, because he got hurt that game apparently. So, yeah. But it's just, and this defense continues week in and week out to put it all on the line. And they're playing phenomenal uh, defense. Henry yeah. Anderson, Brandon Copeland, guys you wouldn't Brandon ex- Copeland has been great. Brandon Copeland, Jordan Jenkins having a great season. Avian Williamson, Mike, like you said. He might huge, be the best player in the defense. Best player? Uh, Jamal Adams. But, well, I would disagree well, with this season. Let's and, and and the Jets have been, have been without Tremaine Johnson these past couple weeks, too, and they're uh, still playing good. Yeah. No, they have. Um, it's tough. It's just so it tough. It is. Five um, new linemen. 0 for 2 against Miami. Chris Herndon had a decent game. Brock Osweiler, guys, just an awful quarterback. 15 <laughs> of 24, a buck 39. Um, That's another. We can't be losing to so the Brock, Brock Osweiler Dolphins. We <laughs> can't do that. Oh, <laughs> just so bad. Um, yeah, that's rough. Um, 
Danny Amendola was their leading receiver. Five catches, 47 yards. In 2018. So that's pretty funny. Jerome Baker with that pick six. Um, Darnold Ohio will State. be out against the Bills with a sprained foot, which means 16-year veteran Josh McCown, love Josh McCown. returns love. to the helm. Love, uh, love Uncle Josh. Love Uncle Josh. Josh. I mean, His look, father, Josh. <laughs> I was pioneering for him to be the starter Pioneer. at the beginning of the season. Pioneering. Pioneer. Pioneers. Yes. So not the school? Yes. Yes, it is. cool. (laughs) Um, Go back to the real team. Yes. Oh, Oh, he said yes. That was a trap. Um, But yes, back to the Jets. Nice. I was petitioning for Josh McCown to be the starter at the beginning of the season and and then have Sam Darnold come in around week. Now. Around now-ish, yeah. But now Sam Darnold's taking a a bunch. I don't think he's taking a lot of heat. But like the real Jet fans, like me and Mike, we understand like what Sam's going through. Other Jet fan, other Jet fans are like, "Oh, he has to do uh, the start McCown for the rest of the season." Sam yeah. Donald's not ready. I cannot. That take is so ridiculous to start McCown the rest of the year because Sam's not ready. I'd rather him get his bad games out now. Oh, yeah, before exactly. We, yeah. we spent a hundred million. What I'm thinking of it as now. I did a show last night at my internship, and we were talking about the Jets. Nice brag. And um. I'm I I I ho- I'm hoping this turns into like what Jared Goff went through his first year. You know, stunk it up. Then just eight now. <laughs> yeah, then just fire next season. So yeah. that's what I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm really well, am hoping. You know what from that Sam means? Like all the coaches are gone. Which I, I love Todd Bowles. Yeah, I, I know you. I you love, you've run through a wall for him. I would run through three walls, <laughs> but I mean, it's the same mistakes every week. This offense stinks, and the laughing part to promote. Jeremy Bates as head coach? I think he's more of a problem <laughs> than Todd Bowles. <laughs> I can't believe that take. If, uh, if any coach has gone first, it's got to be Jeremy Bates. And then Todd Bowles right after. So, yeah, also for the Bills, Derek Anderson will be out, which means he'll be playing against Nathan Peterman. So, Josh yeah. McCann against Nathan Peterman. We know who has the edge. Jets. Oh, yeah. So, the Jets are seven-point favorites. You want to pick this game? Um, I mean, I'll, I'll pick the Jets to win because, honestly, they, they better if they know what's good for them. So... I'll pick the Jets about the over-unders at 36. That is hilariously low for an NFL game. Yeah. So I would say Jets like 21-10. 21 I do think the offense will be better with McCown. So, oh, Jets, but that game's going to stick. Jets, 13-3. Oh, I can't do that again. <laughs> I, I know. Oh, my God. I can see the Bills winning this game, too. Oh, That's the no, sad part. So bad. No That's way. That's the sad part. They, um, have, they average 10 points a game. So. <laughs> I'm going to go with the Jets. Um, you know, for a hot second, I'm like, should I go for the Buffalo? Should I create Ooh. some beef in the studio? But no, I'm going to go with the Jets. So sad. Uh, with a final <laughs> score of 20 to 13. Mm. I do think the Bills find a way to score a touchdown this week. Um with LaShawn McCoy. I think he's overdue, yeah. and I think they kick a couple field goals uh, to keep it close, and then the Jets pull away. Just so sad now. On that note, <laughs> let's get to the New York football Giants. Uh, they are coming off a bye. There is no game to review. Um, <laughs> thank nice. goodness. They play the San Francisco 49ers on Monday night football. Um, are the Giants the worst team in football? As, as, Jet, as Jet fans... Do you think the Giants are? My personal opinion is no, because they've been in every game, and they're it's they're just one play away. Every, like every game, it seems a couple of plays away, and I think 
on paper, out of all the bad teams, they have the most talent. Out of all these bad teams on paper, they're the best of the worst. They're better than Oakland. They're better than the Cardinals and the 49ers on paper. I think you guys are better than the 49ers. And the Bills. I mean, um, I don't think you... I think you guys are better than the Cardinals, and I think you guys are better than the Raiders. And the Bills. And the Bills, yes. But I think it's you guys, you guys and the 49ers are kind of on the same level. I guess we'll see on Monday. Yeah, exactly. The only problem is the only weapon on the 49ers is George Kittle. Yeah. With Garoppolo out. And Brida has been shaky as well, so. No, yeah, but this, George Kittle is questionable, too. But this, so. 40, this 49ers defense is, I think it's very underratedly good. I mean, you have a lot of young Young talent on that 49ers defense. Look, you have Solomon Thomas, uh, DeForest Buckner, Arik Ar- Ar- Armstead, Reuben Foster, middle linebacker. And then on defense, on the, in the backs, you have Richard Sherman. I mean, Richard Sherman, yeah, he's kind of, I guess you could say, slacked off a little bit, but he's still Richard Sherman. You know, he's still the name, he's still a threat out there. So Sheldon Day, Golden Domer. Mm-hmm. He's on this team as well. Reuben Foster. Yeah. I, 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 I like their linebackers, I do. And Malcolm Smith. Former MV, uh, Super Bowl MVP. Yes. But more importantly, <laughs> uh, the reunion with Weston Richburg this this week. Yes. And yeah, I think it's going to come down that. to, look, the, the Giants got to be able to rush. Uh, they got to be able to stop the run against Brian and Alfred Morris and find a way to rush the passer. And, you know, with the way things are right now, uh, the New York Giants don't match up. Their offensive lines don't match up. And if you're the San Francisco 49ers, you got Weston Richburg and Mike McGlinchey and Joe Staley, three really good offensive linemen. You know, McGlinchey has been a fantastic rookie. Weston Richburg coming over somehow stayed healthy this season. Yeah. Um, Wish he was a Jet. Which, you know, Weston Richburg was like a twisted-up pretzel when he was with the Giants. Um, But, yeah, you know, and he always looked good at Colorado State, too. But, anyway... Uh, over to the Giants. Um, this is going to be Eli versus Nick Mullins. Nick Mullins coming off his first career start in a win. He went 16 for 22, 262, three touchdown tosses in the win against the Raiders. Yes, George Kittle is questionable, but more importantly for the Giants, they go out, they sign Jamon Brown off of waivers from the Rams, which is an excellent move, and there's a good chance he starts at right guard Monday night. That just goes to show you that that's how you know weak this offensive line really is because if you look at it, Jamon Brown started all 16 games for the Rams last year, and he was good. The problem was he was suspended, and then the guy that they signed, I think Slythe is his name, he earned his way. He filled in while he was out, and he earned his way on the team. The Rams had no choice but to cut him and make room, and there were five teams that put in for him, and the Giants got him because they had a top priority. So I think he'll be a great addition to this offensive line, 6'4", 340. Four, Sounds uh, good. Four-year pro out of Louisville. So bring, bring out the sluggers. He's a hog molly, like Dave Gettleman likes to say. Um, and he's only 25 years old. So this Maybe guy. Maybe you can get something from that. Yeah. I mean, you know, get as many bodies as you can for that O-line. The, the real disappointment, look, and I think this is going to be a different second half for the Giants. People are saying, oh, they're going to get a top three pick. They're going to get a top three pick. I don't think so. I think they'll get a top five pick. But I don't think they're going to get a top three. The team is too good on paper. You have Barkley. You have Odell. Kyle Oletta will probably start at some point. Eli has been given the nod for this week. But the team is just too talented. Look, defensively, these guys have been disappointments so far. Olivier Vernon's been out majority of the first half of the season. He's going to be healthy 
the second half of the season. That's big. Connor Barwin has not been able to do much so far. Um, B.J. Goodson is not a good linebacker. <laughs> I don't like him. He is my least. I, I vocally express this to you guys every week. I have completely expressed my vocalness that now with Flowers gone, B.J. Goodson is probably the worst starter on this team well, out of Clemson. Kyle would say it's Eli Manning. He would. He would. I'm just stating facts here. That, that is facts, actually. <laughs> Kyle Russo, you are not on the show tonight, but I will make my claim clear. No opinion. You projected that Eli Manning would not be starting Week 10. Wrong. Eli Manning is starting Week 10. Hmm. Despite, Burn. look, yes, Lalletta did get arrested, but realistically, the Giants are giving Lalletta <laughs> the Giants are giving Lalletta a second chance. And I think he deserves it because, look, Lalletta's a kid. He made a mistake. Is it a sign of concern? Yes. It's unacceptable. But I'm not going to go crazy this about it. 20, like, this guy's 23 years old. Out of all the bad stuff NFL players do, it's like, all right, he's just an idiot while driving, whatever. Jersey's very confusing, too. I mean, oh, apparently, yeah. you can't make left turns in Jersey. You make a wrong turn. You can. You make a wrong turn. You got to go 15 minutes out of your way to get back on track. That's facts. It's, it's a good so state. Though. I live about three to four miles from the Jersey border. Oh wow! That's... Well, no, so we're, you have to drive where I am in Queens. It's me in Queens, a little more Queens, Manhattan, and then Jersey. Kyle says he just texted me now. It's because Lalletta got arrested. I don't think so. I don't think so. It's the Forty no. ers They're a bad team. If Eli can't win against the bad team, then you sit him. I don't think he's gonna get. I don't think he's gonna sit at all this season, Eli Manning, just because I think this is gonna be his last season, and why, why not just finish it out? Right. You know exactly. My thing is this: if Eli gets benched at any point in this season, it's not because of him; it's because of they want to find out what they have in this rookie Kyle Lalletta. It has yeah. no reflect on Eli Manning and how poor he's playing behind the offensive line. I mean, I'm sorry, but even in garbage time. Guys are still playing out there. You're still playing football. You're still playing part of the 60-minute game of football, and he still, as of last week, had the fourth most passing yards in the NFL heading into the bye. That says something right there. I don't care how many points you're, you're down by. He's done that behind a garbage offensive line. How can you say he's the main problem on this team? I really don't think he is. And the conflicting former veterans of this team, Lawrence Taylor, called Eli Manning out. He's like, you got to be a leader. You're not doing this right. But... Lawrence Taylor did not play with Eli Manning. Sean O'Hara did. And Sean O'Hara, guys, you know who Sean O'Hara is. I'm sure you would have loved to have him on the Jets, wink, wink, um, as a center. (laughs) But, um, look, Sean O'Hara backed up Eli Manning and said, the offensive line is so putrid and unbearable. That's why Eli Manning is doing this bad. He's 37 years old. What do you expect? I mean, Tom Brady is a mobile. You see how many sacks Tom Brady has taken? You you put Tom Brady behind the Giants' offensive line. Maybe he yeah he'll be better than Eli, but I don't think by that much. I really don't think so. Um, you know. I mean, I completely agree. This offensive line is is it safe to say the worst in the league? I think it is. Giants. Yeah, I think there's yeah, one yeah, team. Uh, there's one team that I forget. I who the it Jets is. are up there. I mean, five. No, it's not. It's not the Jets. Um, there's another team. 
that's pretty I mean, bad the Titans too. give 11 sacks, but it's weird because they have, like, the best young tackle combo. So yeah. I don't know what's going on over there. Um, but Giants, it's not good. It's no, it, fair to it's say. not. It's w- one of the worst. Nate Solder wearing that C on his left upper chest. Um, Oof. Well, right now, with the way the offensive line looks Monday night, uh, at this very moment, it's going to be Solder, Hernandez, Pulley, Greco, and Wheeler. Um, but I'm hoping by Monday night it's Solder, Hernandez, Greco at center, not right guard. They slide in Brown, the four-year pro. I mean, might as well do this. At right guard, and then Chad Wheeler at right tackle. Because realistically, there's a lot of questions in this game. The expectations for Eli... Kyle Richard just texted me again. The Here Texans are the team with the worst off, with a worse offensive line than the Giants. Only reason why they're six and three is because Sean Watson can bounce around. Lamar Mill, I mean, their leading rusher last week is Alfred Blue, but I don't want to digress any further. Uh, so that's my argument there. Um, thank you, Kyle Russo, <laughs> texting yeah. me from Comac, New York, about twenty miles away from the LIU Post campus. Wow, um, that's pretty far. <laughs> my, uh, pr- prediction. Um, Back to the Giants, though. Look, the expectations, Barkley's going to have a good game. I say he's going to have about 80, 85 rushing yards on the ground, and he's going to have about 150 total combined yards through the air as well. Odell will have between 75 and 120. And then I think Eli's going to throw Eli's gonna throw for over 300 yards. Hmm. I mean, he's, I he's really been doing do. it. I really do. I see it this week. Um, if Jamon Brown plays, then sure. The biggest mistake the Giants made this offseason was not re-signing DJ Fluker, who has been outstanding with the Seahawks, despite getting hurt in last week's well, game. Well, they had Eric Flowers. Yeah, they didn't need him. Yeah, come on, man. It's a first-round pick. <laughs> Don't remind <laughs> me. Um, is this the last start for Eli if the Giants lose this week, like ever? I don't think Could so. it be? No. I think I think he'll play more games this season. I dis yeah, I completely agree. Uh, I disagree with um, what was written on the script here, um, but it is a good question to ask if this will be the last start for Eli if they lose. It's definitely a fair question. However, you never know if they lose and they decide to start Lawletta, they're going to bring Eli back for at the very least the last game of the season. Yeah, like a home game type thing, right? Because if they do bench him this year, I imagine he's just like a so yeah, exactly. he's going to. Like retire. Let's um, let's pick this game. Why don't we? Um, I will go first. Giants. Final score. Thirteen seven. Oh my! Horrible game. <laughs> well, look, it's two putrid teams, and That's if true. if Kittle doesn't play, forget about it. Oh, you're I right. think with Kittle in the lineup, they still score just seven points because Nick Mullins is not following up three touchdown passes against a secondary that includes Landon Collins and Jack Rabbit. By the um, way, Lance Collins' new nickname is the Jawbreaker. It's a great name. We call Olivier Vernon the pretzel because he can't stay healthy. You I was going to say he like, breaks easily. B.J. Hill is called 69 because he was the 69th overall pick in the draft hmm, this season. Nice. <laughs> um. <laughs> um. <laughs> Talk about the Giants score, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah, so my pick for the Giants game, I believe they will win because not because like they outplay the Niners, because Nick Mullins, I think, will be really bad. No, he will be really bad. He's not going to follow it up. I mean, he was would, playing the Raiders' defense, yeah, which is I, much I mean, worse than the Giants. I would defense. love for him to follow it up. It's a cool story. but I mean, It is. Know. And the Giants are getting R.J. McIntosh back, their fifth-round draft pick, which is huge, because he's going to join B.J. Hill and Dalvin Tomlinson on that D-line. And don't forget, you got Kramer and Connor Barwin. 
mm-hmm. who I think will get a sack in this game. You know, because the curly hair. I'm going to be different, and not just because I, I'm not a Giants hater. I just think that this defensive line of the 49ers is going to just annihilate this very bad Giants offensive line. Fair enough. So I think I think it's going to be a close game, though. I think it will be like – I think it will be um, a very close – I think I, final score, I'm going to have 17-14 49ers. All right, well, my a score – A lot of people are picking the 49ers, so I don't yeah. disagree. Um, I will go with Giants – 28-13. I think they will put some points up on the board, and I think they'll beat them soundly. So, Excellent work, Michael. Oh, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> um, on that note, we are going to step aside for our final break of the evening. When we come back, we will have some NBA basketball. You're listening to Review and Preview here on MyWCWP.org through WCWP Sports. Lifestyle on camera, hundred thousand dollar chandelier. They tried to turn me to an animal, but white people think I'm radical. Supermodels think I'm handsome. Good evening, and welcome back to Review and Preview, folks. Here on mywcwp.org, our phone lines are now closed. I'm yeah. Tom Scavetta here with Mike Dawes and Chris Klimazuski. All right, guys. Um, thank you very much to our Facebook Live watchers tonight. Uh, if you have any questions, you can still comment on Facebook Live or related to NBA basketball. We will try to answer them to the best of our ability. Hi, Chris. What's up? <laughs> Had to write that on the Instagram feed. I mean, on the Facebook feed. So, let's start out with the hottest news: the Milwaukee Bucks defeat Golden State last night. All right, they didn't defeat Golden State; they blew them out. I don't Hold care. Them. Look, you're you're playing without Boogie and Dray and Draymond. Yes, but that's still the Golden State Warriors, man. With a three-headed monster and Durant, Clay, and Steph, those are their three best players. Impressive Hands win. Down. They didn't beat them. They annihilated. They annihilated them. Look at the final score: one thirty-four to one eleven. No, yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, one hundred thirty-four to eleven, and for the Warriors, that's not even good against this. But the Bucks are for real this year. I think Giannis Antetokounmpo. Is oh my god, that was horrible. <laughs> that was, was that not even close? I think it's Anamakumbo. Is that closer? I thought I, I say Anta Kumpo. Yeah, I think was... we're all really off. But Giannis, what well, either way, brutal. Giannis that was brutal. 24 points, nine rebounds, four <laughs> assists. He's the real deal. I yeah. mean, I mean, this was a long time coming. I mean, I think this is going to be the yeah. year he's up for MVP. He's talks. the Vegas yes. favorite to win MVP. That's crazy. As of right, well, he's the best player in the Eastern Conference. Oh, for sure, for sure. And, then, and when you have guys like Eric Bledsoe, Malcolm Brogdon, and Chris Middleton surrounding him, the sky's the limit. I mean, those are very, those are three solid players to have around a guy I like love Giannis. Chris see his dunks last night, Giannis, mm-hmm. man, and ten of eleven so from good. the free throw line. A guy his size, you know, making ten of eleven free throws—that's impressive. The nine boards, the four assists, and the two blocks as well, and the two steals. Yeah, he's like a um, he's a longer, more athletic, better shooter version of LeBron. Yeah, how about that take? Um, I like that. Yeah, it's just not as good yet. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> we'll see. He is very long. You know, it's funny at yeah. work. Um, on Wednesday they had the Sunday night football truck come up, uh, which is funny because I'm working the Cowboys Eagles game this weekend, and they had Humble like Rick. long players. Um, they had Travis Kelsey's wingspan, which is 77 inches. You know my wingspan is 74 and a half inches, 75 inches? Wow. Um, someone called my the My wingspan has always been very long, but if you're looking right now on the show, 
Chris has a long wingspan too, and I'm sure Dawes does because I mean, yeah, it's too like none the, of uh, us are exactly. Small everyone, here everyone, just, everyone just, everyone just, <laughs> just stretch your arms out. Stretch your arms out. I don't yeah. know what to do with my hand. <laughs> <laughs> we all have long wingspans in here. Um, yeah, but mine is you know substantially longer long than my height. Um, so, but yeah, um, Giannis Antetokounmpo, very long wingspan. He is extremely big, um, and the Bucks win this game. And also, don't forget to talk about guys like. Eric Bledsoe, who had 26 points. He was great with the six assists. Malcolm Brogdon with 20 points. Their backcourt right now with Bledsoe and Brogdon, that's the most underrated backcourt in basketball, if you ask me. That's, there's a reason why they're 9-2, and two, yeah. and they were literally five seconds away from being my team of the week. Yeah, and let's not forget Ooh, they also have guys close. like Tony Snell. I mean, I know he's not Great he's defender. A, great, yeah, he's good on defense, and he can, he can occasionally put up some decent points. They drafted Dante DiVincenzo, who's a great three-point shooter. He hasn't really done anything this season yet, but but he's still he's still a threat to shoot the three-pointer. Matthew Dellavedova, who I doesn't mean, play, doesn't play. But and they have Thon Maker too. Let's not forget about Thon Maker. Forgot somebody. Did did I? Pat Connaughton had 15 points. <laughs> oh last yeah, night. him. That 15 guy. points. He, <laughs> he's that guy. Chris, he led the bench in scoring. Yeah, he's good to have. He's good to. He dunked. Play. He's from Notre Dame, right? Yeah, and the okay. Portland Trailblazers. He played there for three years. Uh, yeah, he was I'm a key quality role player for them. Averaged five points a game last year for the Trailblazers. Look, you're, aver- you're averaging five points a game as C.J. McCollum's backup. That's not bad. Not, not bad. bad at all. Plus, um, C.J.'s eating up like most of those minutes. So, Yeah. Um, look, remember something. Pat's vertical leap, remember, he had the second highest vertical leap his year in the draft. So, you know, it's something to really think about, too. He, I believe he dunked over, I don't know if it was Yurepko or uh, McGee or somebody, but he can get up there at 6'4", 209. Uh, well, 6'5", on a good day, Pat is averaging seven points a game this year with the Bucks. But, yeah, that was a great win for them. They destroyed them without Green and Boogie. They're the second-best team in the Eastern Conference behind the Toronto Raptors. The Raptors have won five games in a row. They're 11-1. and one. The addition of Kawhi Leonard is really uh, separating them from the rest of the pack right now. Uh, let's talk about them for a, a minute and what they've been able to do. Obviously, trading to Rosen was a tough loss, but you still have Kyle Lowry, Jonas Valanciunas, Serge Ibaka. They have guys on that team that have been there, done that. A new head coach this season, Dwayne Casey, no more. But adding Kawhi Leonard... As much as I hate to say it, that's an upgrade over DeMar oh, DeRozan. Absolutely an upgrade. Yeah. Even though we are no not Kawhi guys, like for his, you know, the way he left San Antonio, but they they just flat out got better. Yeah, yeah they did. I mean, Kawhi's arguably a top four player in the NBA right now. Arguably. It's arguably. Arguably top four. Sure. Whatever. But and not this isn't to knock DeRozan or anything like that, but you had a guy with Kawhi's uh, talent offensively and defensively, too, to a team like this. It'll be very it, – it will, it will take the next step that it needs to take to be in a very elite team. Yes. It does for sure. And if you look at the rest of the Eastern Conference right now, Boston and Philly, who were struggling earlier on, or they're starting to come into their own. Boston, however, Kyrie Irving need, needed to score 18 of his 31 points in the fourth quarter last night just to come back and beat the Sixers by, like, 9, 10 points. Not the Sixers, the Suns, excuse me. Uh, the Celtics back on track now at 7-4. and four. And then the Sixers, all of a sudden, they're 7-5 and five after starting off slow. Um, my 
problem with the Sixers is I really dislike their um, con- their consistency because they have none. You're six <laughs> you're six and zero oh at home. That's great, fantastic. But you're one and five on the road. Oof, not fantastic. <laughs> and but they did beat the Pacers last night, one hundred to to ninety four, on the road or two nights ago. Excuse me for their first road yeah. win of the season. I think they're so terrible. Um, like well, not terrible. They're so inconsistent because they don't really have any like good shooters. Like, um, you know, besides Joel, Redick. Yeah, oh, of course. But uh, Joel Embiid's like a back-to-basket player. Ben Simmons stinks. Sarich is a little above average. Yeah, Fultz is really a shooter. I mean, so I mean, when when you don't shoot well, I don't think that you'll be too consistent home and away. JJ Redick and Dario Sarich are the only two shooters on that team. Yeah, but it's still a fantastic team just because uh, what they do in the paint and stuff. They did add Wilson Chandler to this team in the offseason, something that I even forgot. Um, and now you have Markel Fultz playing as well. So, you know, you have a couple of new faces this season. Um, and just in addition to the other guys, they have T.J. McConnell coming back from last year. Resigning Amir Johnson was key. They do have a Golden Domer and Demetrius Jackson on nice, their bench nice. as well. Um, they brought in Mike Muscala from Atlanta. Cool name. Uh, so, yeah. He went to Bucknell, Mike Mike Muscala did. The Bucknell product now at the, with the Sixers as well. Um, other stuff for NBA. Um, the big game tonight is going to be the Boston Celtics against the Utah Jazz. Um, this is a good game. Yeah. In Utah? Yes. Ooh, good game. Um, for sure. So that'll be uh, fun to watch. That'll start at 9.30. Um, James, hello. Hello, Tom. What's up? James Montefusco joining us for the last about six, seven minutes of the show. Uh, we are talking NBA basketball. Um, the Bucks have been great. The Denver Nuggets have been really good as well. Sacramento uh, Kings. Surprising everybody in the Western Conference. You know, we just talked about the East a little bit. But, uh, you know, let's let's talk about the West. You have Golden State at 10-2, and two, and then right behind them, the Nuggets are 9-2. and two. They've been great. Oh yeah, and you know a few spots behind Sacramento Kings, of course. I feel like they're not getting low. Six and five. It's pretty good. Pretty good. That's probably the last. I'll call it right now. Last time they'll be over five hundred. They're, the, they're the eight seed right now. Kings and oh. no, the Kings have been playing very good. And De'Aaron Fox has definitely come into his own now. My favorite saying in sports: If the season ends today, playoffs. But it it goes to like June. So. No wonder you're a Mets fan. Yeah, I love the season ends today thing because it always works with the Mets until it doesn't. It doesn't. Yeah. Denver, Nikola Jokic has been great. Oh, he's a stud. Uh, Paul Millsap. Stud. They, they, J- J- Jamal Murray. Stud. They still have Gallinari? No. He's, he's on, on the Clippers, I think. He is on the Clippers. Did you see yeah. the Jamal Murray thing with the Celtics? Did not. He had 47 points. He shot a three while they were up like double digits versus Celtics. Missed. And Kyrie, I think he missed. I don't know. But basically, went for fifty points when the game was over, and Kyrie got in his face and was like, "What the hell?" So that was a little that was a little sports thing on Twitter. Um, yeah, no, J- Jamal Murray, a very young player as well, probably shadowing his game a little bit after Kyrie Irving. Um, Good shooter, probably the best point guard in basketball right now. I I, I would say right. Kyrie, uh, I mean, look, yeah. Curry, Irving, I guess Russell Westbrook as well. Yeah. Um, Hot take. Not John, John Wall. Not also, John. I was just say not John the Wall. Thunder, <laughs> the Thunder defeat Dear the God. Houston Rockets 98-80 to 80 last night. Guys, the Rockets are 4-6. and six. They did start 1-5, and five, though. Mellow. 
Oh. One of I, I saw an I saw an article Mello against his old team, dude. I saw an article that said, "What's Melo have in store for his return to OKC?" I almost threw up. You know, what he had in store being a terrible basketball player. Didn't Melo score? God, I hate him so much. Somebody sent me a meme about Melo scoring two points last night. Yeah, he Actually, won one for eleven. Oh, he's so hold on, Melo so didn't even. Bad. Oh wait, he's so bad at basketball. He did play last night. He's still coming off the bench, right? Yeah. One of 11. He came off the bench, guys. James Ennis, the third, started over Carmelo Anthony. You know what I hate? He's going to be in the Hall of Fame, and it's going to be disgusting to see. Why is he going to be in the Hall of Fame? Because it's a basketball Hall of Fame, so his stupid Olympics wins. Why, because he has four gold medals? Yeah, and his college Yeah, he's had one of the most overrated NBA careers I've ever seen in my life. The problem is Houston has no depth this year. They have zero depth. Their starters are great. You have Chris Paul, James Harden, P.J. Tucker, and Clint Capella. I'm not even going to throw Melo in there because he doesn't deserve it. I think the fifth-best player on that team is Gerald Green. I would what do you think agree. about that? I would agree. I, yeah, possible. I think we would all agree with you. Eight points off the bench. Three of six from the field. Look, I'll take it. Uh, and then Carmelo is number six. Probably so bad. Ba- maybe. Maybe. <laughs> um, he, he, I, Gary Clark played more minutes than Carmelo Anthony last night. Who is that? <laughs> that tells you all you need to know. It tells you all you need to know. Uh, another team we got to talk about in the West, the Portland Trailblazers. Oh, they're so good. They're nine and three. They um, they uh, they score a lot of points all the time. Lillard and McCollum combined for forty eight points last night. They beat the Clippers. The Trailblazers are the third best team in the West right now, with LeBron going to L A. and everything. Everyone is not talking about Portland again, and Portland loves it. Terry Stotts oh, loves sure. it. They hate the spotlight, and I think the biggest, um, you know. Nur- Nurkic is emerging into a better center every year. Aminu is an excellent force off the bench, gets rebounds, plays defense, hits occasional threes. McCollum and Lillard have been great. They're each good for over 20 points a game. Sauce Castillo is great. Yes. Uh, well, Nick Nick Stauskas had eight points last yeah. night. But uh, more, more importantly, I think the best player on their bench, Zach Collins. Yeah. Ten points. Fourth for four from the line, and don't forget Evan Turner as well. How could you forget? Evan, Evan Turner and Zach Collins, they highlight that bench, and you still have Nick Stauskas, Seth Curry, Myers Leonard, Caleb Swanigan. I'm glad to see Leonard playing a little more minutes now. Um, I love Caleb Swanigan. Yeah. Big fan. Um, and then before we log off here tonight, obviously we talked about the Boston-Utah game. Utah's been struggling a little bit at 5-6, and six, but they're a young team. When you got guys like Gobert, Donovan Mitchell, hopefully the veterans like Ingles and Rubio, you know, you start to get more production and pick things up a little bit. Ingles has been very solid, but um, he's been a very solid starter in this league for the last few years. Um, and I think the best bench player in the NBA right now is what? Let's hear it. Demontis Sabonis. Ooh, I like You're it. playing 24 minutes a game. You're averaging 14 points and nine rebounds. In 24 minutes, Demontis Sabonis, I'm pretty sure, went. We were talking on the phone about this last night, James. Yeah, he went 12 for 12 against the Knicks, something like that. Something like that, yeah. Did you guys see his dunk on MB the other night? Yes. Poster. It was a poster. Oh yeah. And he's only 22 years old. He has uh, a good career second coming here in the league, out of Gonzaga. He actually got drafted by the Thunder. I guess Melo was too much. No, no, no. Melo no, was no out here ruining there. franchises. Ruin the Knicks, ruin the Thunder. Now the Rockets are done. So uh, we're, we're going to spend one minute on the Knicks and then one minute on the Nets. Um, the Nets are five and six, highlighted by Karis Le- Levert, averaging twenty points a game. 
D'Angelo Russell, 15. Din, Dinwiddie's been great, 14 points a game for him. They play the 9-2 and two Nuggets tonight in Denver, which is probably a loss uh, against the Nuggets. But, Chris, who would have thought the Nets would be 5-6 and six right now? I certainly didn't think it. I, I mean, say look, not you with your win total you gave us. Yeah, I think I gave <laughs> play my twenty wins. The better you said it than me. I know. I just but have to remind him. <laughs> I didn't think it was because coming into the season, I knew that we were going to see the improvement of Spencer Dinwiddie and Karis LeVert after the seasons they had, yeah. and and if D'Angelo Russell stay healthy, this is the kind of season he'll give you a fifteen point average. And yeah. but Karis LeVert has been phenomenal. Averaging over twenty points, Marriage getting getting just almost five rebounds a game, and averaging uh, almost four assists, he's playing great. And Spencer Dinwiddie as well too. He's another good another good piece to have in this lineup. If they can get like that superstar player that they need and get someone good in the draft this year, the Knicks the Nets could be scary in a couple years. Could they? They could. Um, we'll see. The Knicks are four and eight. Uh, leading the way is Hardaway, 24 points a game. He has done an excellent job uh, taking over the star role of this team this season without Porzingis. Cantor with 15 points a game, averaging just under 12 rebounds a game. Cantor has been great. Um, and then Al- Al- Alonzo Trier, averaging just under 12 points a game. This rookie, who was undrafted, playing with a chip on his shoulder. Yes, Knox has been hurt. Mitchell Robinson has been in and out of the lineup. But Alonzo Trier, an undrafted rookie like him, his his impact has been incredible. The, and those are the guys the Knicks are going to have to hit on. They they went high with Kevin Knox. They knew what they were going to get out of him. But going with Mitchell Robinson and Alonzo Trier, I mean, they, those are the guys they have to hit on. They're hitting on Mitchell Robinson and Trier right now. They're both looking great for the time there. The, for the time Mitchell Robinson has been playing, he's looked good. Yes. And Alonzo Trier has been tearing it up for what he's what he's worth. Yeah. Well, the Knicks are four and eight. They're going to play the Raptors on the road tomorrow night. That's probably a loss, but credit to David Fisdale and what he has done with this team. Fizzy, I call him that. We text all the time. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) yeah. On that note, um, guys, thank you very much for joining us tonight on Facebook Live on our link mywcwp.org and WCWP Sports. On behalf of James Montefusco, Mike Dawes, Chris James, you have any final thoughts? No, I know you joined us a little late tonight, but we look forward to having you next week, hopefully. Correct, yep. All right, awesome. Um, On behalf of Chris, Mike, and James, I'm your host, Tom Scavetta. Tune in next week for more sports coverage. You've been listening to Review and Preview here on mywcwp.org.